3: Again, for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by coming to www.patriotjournalist.com. And you're also welcome to go to the Bard's Logic Political Talk website by going to www.bard'slogicpoliticaltalk.com. And that's how we uh, share the grassroots shows here is by a number of ways. One, uh, by going to the website, you can follow me if you are a Twitter user uh, by pushing the button to uh, follow me there. That's provided on the homepage of the website. And also, uh, I do have where you can also tweet out tonight's link as well as the title of the show uh, for all your followers. Uh, Just click that, and then within a few buttons, uh, you have tweeted out the show. So whether you're listening now live Or if you're listening to the archive, appreciate if you do that. As well as if you do have an email mailing list, this is how we get uh, the information out to uh, our friends uh, because we're not the mainstream media, so we do rely on the grassroots to spread the news, spread the word of the show uh, because we don't uh, do any advertising per se. So it is you, the audience, who are the advertisers of the show uh, in, in a sense. And so I also provide on the contact page, where you can copy and paste uh, the email letter that I send out to the folks on uh, the show's email list, where you can copy and paste that into the body of your email, and you could send it out to the folks on your email list so they can listen to the show as well as uh, contact me uh, with ideas and content of what they would like to see and hear and talk about on the show. And they're welcome to do that as well as browse more on the Bard's Logic Political Talk. Uh, Website, and so uh, definitely I'd appreciate if folks do that. And again, that is at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And while you're looking through it, you also can see some Newsmax TV on the Get Involved page. Uh, So that's uh, something uh, fun to add as well. Uh, So definitely, folks, uh, appreciate it if you check it out. Now tonight we're going to be talking about Hispanic and West Indies cultural influence in America. Tonight our guest. Uh, will be Dr. Tolbert. And so while we have him on, he's also, I believe, running for Senate in Florida. And we do have him on the line, so let's bring him in. Uh, thank you very much uh, for coming to the show, Doctor. How are you? Thank you.
1: I appreciate your introduction. And would you like me to start picking it up from here and give you a little background, uh,
3: Robert? Yeah, definitely. Uh, start with a little background, uh, your you know your uh, personal background, and expertise, as well as what drew you to you know write the paper that uh, you you have, and you know kind of give us the synopsis as you said, and we'll we'll delve deeper into it. Yeah,
1: what I'd like to do is I would like to start with, and I'm going to take people back a little bit in time, and I'm going to take them back to Ellis Island in 1892, which was a federal immigration station and how for 60 years, up and through 1954, millions of Americans arrived. Up and through the 1970s, the majority of Americans were of European descent or descent of individuals who cleared through Ellis Island. What took place after that was a gradual transformation from the Europeans to the Hispanic and other communities. Currently today, only 40% of the Americans that we have are ancestry of the individuals that came through Ellis Island. For an example, on my father's side, the family would have came from Syria. On my mother's side, they would have came from Yugoslavia, and they would have came into the Americans, and they would have then been educated. The individuals that came into America through that time would be the same as the original 13 colonies or the pilgrims who came into America to establish a community and a free trade community that would help further America. And they learned to speak English and to assimilate or to be part of a American culture. In 2002, 2003, I went back to school, and I went on and got my master's in theology, my master's in education, and my doctorate degree, and I was also a caregiver for two women from the Caribbeans, from the Commonwealth of Dominica, and a lady from Russia. These ladies were in their 80s and 90s, and I was able to understand their culture. In 2013, I also ran for the governor of Florida for 2014, and I had the Caribbean community that was mostly supporting what I was doing but found themselves not being able to voice their own thoughts and opinions. So I wrote a paper in 2013, and the reason for the paper was to show that the two cultures, the Caribbean culture and the Hispanic culture, were similar in many ways. So I went into the practice of the fact that we need to understand the culture of all individuals that come into the United States and how these cultures have to learn to fit into a society that is the American society and Constitution. One of the individual problems we have with anyone coming from a foreign nation is they're used to the suppression of their rights in these other countries, and they became dependent in many ways of the government supplying under a socialist means food, clothing, and education. And in so doing, they came into America with the anticipation that they would be able to fall in the same culture, the cost of which, of course, ends up with millions and trillions of dollars for the American taxpayers. But the religious makeup and the gender and the healthcare practice and customs, even the religion and spirituality of these different cultures are somewhat similar. For an example, if we looked at the Hispanic culture, we would find the majority of which would be Catholic. And if we go to the Caribbeans, we would find this also would hold true because the missionaries that came in through the time frames of slavery and other things and got into these other communities, a lot of the children were raised the same way. The culture of the Hispanic community was more that the mother would lean toward the children more than the leadership of the man running the family, whereas the European culture had the man mainly in charge of the family. In the Hispanic and the Caribbean culture, there was a similarity where the woman had the strength of the home. This same same characteristic we're seeing today throughout the different Hispanic and Caribbean communities. So there's a lot of similarities to the communities. One of the problems we're faced today is, of course, that when a census takes the number of people from communities, there is nothing in the 2010 census that showed the number of Caribbean's or Caribbeans that came into America, yet shows that there was over 15% or approximately 50 million Hispanics. So we're not giving proper credit to the Caribbean community and its impact on the American society, economy, and accomplishments. We're, in fact, leaning toward what is politically correct, and how we can gain votes as a politician because we are either a Democrat or a Republican. The only ones that really gave concern toward the other ethnicities was really the independent or the no-party affiliated. Now, what we're not talking here is which were illegal immigrants or which ones are legal immigrants. We're going to strictly look at this from the nature of their country of origin and they're coming into America rather than the fact of the percentage of population that came here illegally. Are you on board so far with me?
3: Uh, yes, we do. We've got uh, some callers in, and so we'll be bringing uh, them in sporadically so they can contribute, of course, to the show as well. Uh, it's a big part of uh, what the show's about is uh, to get folks on the line and of course if you're new to the show uh, once you're on the line we do uh have you stay on if you'd like and we do have you join our roundtable discussion so if you'd like to chime in i see uh, susan have uh she'll push the one on the number dial and susan uh, i'll get you in uh in a few minutes and so yeah what we'll uh go for a couple more minutes here and then we'll get susan in and then we'll bring in uh some of the other callers as well if you're out there and you would like uh to chime in uh, to the show, just give us a call, 347-945-7428. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, get a few minutes there, and then we'll bring in and Go ahead, uh, Dr. Tolbert. Yeah, and I'm
1: looking forward to people uh, that will take both sides of the issue. And wh- one of the issues is that in a Hispanic culture, there was very little or few individuals that came that were bilingual and were taught, English and they came where they had to be in a community that was strictly Hispanic whereas in the Caribbean culture even though there were many from Haiti that came in speaking creole or they also were educated in the English so the Caribbeans came in and were able to assimilate into a population go to work and be employed and not as needed of the welfare system as the Hispanic community. And this is where the difference of division came and why when I was running in 2013 that we found that the Hispanic community might have been given slight advantages over the other ethnicities that were coming in. So in the article, which can be found on cfabamerica.com, there are three articles of importance. One is, of course, the Hispanic and West Indy culture, which is done in a dissertation format, given reference and notations of everything I'm saying tonight. So this is just not information for firsthand experience. This is also information that has been gathered and noted to other writers and and people who are very much involved in the different cultures. I have watched the communities uh, come together, and I have watched the disagreements between communities as I went through these different uh, uh, parts of teaching and learning and traveling throughout Florida. Needless to say, I have traveled through the 67 voting districts and I have been exposed to a lot of people. There's going to be, I hope, people on the show that's going to take the standpoint of their culture, whether they're Hispanic from any of the uh, different countries in South America, or whether they come from Trinidad, uh, Bahamas, Jamaica, uh, or any of the islands, Dominica, and Port- the other islands. So. I think it's important, Robert, that you do bring guest speakers in, and we address their issues because of the fact of the health care programs, the things that we're doing in America that's t- turning us toward a socialist community rather than a community of America culture where we learn to work and be together and get our ministries back to helping the people and not the federal government.
3: Yes, certainly. We're going to get uh, Susan in on the line. I believe we have Ed on uh, next. So the way we'll do it here is we'll bring in Susan uh, for her comments, and then you can uh, answer those, and then we'll bring in Ed, and we have other folks uh, on the line as well. But first, let's go ahead and welcome Susan. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
4: I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good,
3: good. Uh I'm glad to have you on. Go ahead.
4: Um, well, I, I... I have a uh, – I, I mean, I'm really mixed about this because I think a lot of them come in expecting a lot of stuff anymore. It's not like they come in way back to the harbor and they were put through stuff and had to learn stuff. It's really just this country and learn things. Um, they just let them in or they come in illegally and they don't do anything to them. But I have Hispanic uh, neighbors, um, two of them. Uh, one's a the landlord, and they work hard and they're good people. And they've they made the special bread for the oh they have a thing at Halloween for the dead. uh we went over to it because we were invited, even though I don't believe that way um the bread was delicious, uh, they they do little things like that, and I've taken candy to kids, so you know there's people that are simulating, and then there's a lot of them lately that don't.
1: Yeah, and, and Susan, that's that's correct. There, there's definitely a culture coming in, as we all know, that's different from what we're normally used to in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s when everything was based on European culture. And when we look at the inventions and the industry and how America was found and formed through small businesses and now how we're going to international businesses and how we have changed the makeup and how America in the next, I think, 20 years will be over 60% Hispanic and that we'll be losing the uh, European identity. The question is going to be, will these cultures change the viewpoint of the way we look at our U.S. constitution? Now, I'm not going to really get into immigration because I have a very strong feeling about Amendment 10 and the fact that it belongs to the state, and I do a lot of teaching on that subject. I kind of just want to keep it, is the cultures of different um, people, percentage thereof, going to effect or does it effect what is the norm and how will it affect the U.S. Constitution 20 years from now?
4: Well that i you know i I think the Constitution is going away the way they're treating it. I'm not sure we'll have any constitution left at this point but, well um, an, you
1: know, an example would be in and again we're not gonna to we're gonna try to stay away from politics, but we tend to lean toward individuals who are not qualified to run for the u s presidency based on their not natural citizens and we do that because they're hispanic do you think that we would give that same credence if an individual from let's say haiti would come in here and run for president of the united states versus somebody coming from an hispanic background would they be allowed to run for president or let's take the muslims for an example and they're now taking over and changing with sharia law and the culture. So this is not just strictly a culture of one group where, that we're talking about. We're really talking the impact of how America is going to be changed by the different cultures that are changing and maybe even impacting on the U.S. Constitution.
4: Um, you know, Bobby Hindo is, has, I don't know about him being constitutionally eligible, but he's from India or his Indian background. And I don't have an issue of him running for president or anything else. So I'm not against, as long as they stand by our three documents—the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence. I don't care what their race is.
1: Yeah, and 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 that's that's one of the key factors that we're finding in our in our politics today, though, is that. You're going to cater toward a particular group of people and try to appease them for their vote. And let's assume that someone from India or another culture who had a different beliefs or standards of the Constitution, where it gets into three times the deity as being part of the U.S. Constitution, and then someone comes into power whose culture is not along the same Christian viewpoints, as was established by our forefathers, what would be the impact if that took place and that culture makeup was now looking at their country as being more important than the American Constitution?
4: Well, all I say is if you come here and you want to be part of it, I don't care how you dress, you know. I love Mexican food, for example. We have uh, one down the road, a, a Mexican restaurant, and they're nice people. They're always really nice to us, and they work hard, and I love the food. Uh, but you still have to, it's like with Sharia law. You can't bring your own laws here. That's, that's all I'm trying to make a point. This is America. This is what we have, despite the fact that we have uh, some laws that are crazy anymore, and politicians that are crazy anymore, um, you still can't bring your own brand here. I don't care if you want to dress in your uh, colorful Hispanic clothes or or wear a veil or what you want to do, as long as you obey those laws
1: and not force your
4: stuff on it.
1: Do you think, then, that what's happening today, that we should lean more toward helping the Cubans or the Hispanic communities over a different culture, such as the Caribbeans, who are not getting the same treatment as other immigrants are getting.
4: I don't know any Caribbeans, so I can't see how that what what they're getting or not getting. Honestly, I I really don't know. I don't know what any. State,
1: what what state are you from? Idaho. Idaho. Okay, that that could be part of the reason. Of course, I'm from Florida. <laughs> And and then in Florida, we're finding that there's an influx of multinational groups of individuals, and Florida has a large percent of Caribbeans. And when I deal with the wow. Caribbeans, as, as I do with the Hispanic and as I do with all other nationalities, uh, I'm also a pastor, so I deal with rabbis, Muslims. I deal with Hindu and Buddha. Uh, I do prison ministry. Uh, I have a lot of involvement, a lot of different people. So it's not just that I'm a retired master sergeant, a doctor of education. I'm also a pastor. So I work in all communities in Florida. So I get firsthand information on who is being treated equally under Amendment 14. I'm a constitutionalist. So if I see that one group of individuals are not being treated equally Over another group of individuals, I become offended because we're violating the U.S. Constitution. So when I see a culture group coming into this country and trying to change the basis of what we're doing in America, and I'm looking at it as a candidate for United States Senate Florida, my decisions becoming the senator would be an impact on the entire 50 states. And then from there, It would impact on the world because it's the Senate that actually approves treaties. They're the one that establishes laws. They're the one that uh, controls the budget, the treasurer. They have a lot of impact. And I don't think a lot of our Americans today realize that the presidents have no real power, that all the power was given to Congress. And your U.S. Senate And so when you're representing the state of Florida You have to look at all cultures And that was another reason Writing the papers Have we unfairly treated One individual over another one Strictly for political gain
4: Well, you could be right on that Um, You know, looking at the Indians From America today I I was... Listening to a video, and it was—we're talking about American Indians now, not from India. Um, and it's this: she's in her 80s, I think, Paiute Indian. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, but um, she's from Oregon where that mess happened. And she says uh, she was talking about how they had starved and they had to go through the trash can, or whatever, to get food and stuff like this. And and I'm sure it was all pretty bad. Um, but she said, well, I think Amon Bundy is a troublemaker, to asked your opinion. And I thought, gee, that's what the government here used to say about you Indians. So you ought to understand a whole lot better who's a troublemaker and who isn't, because you were classified, just because you were an Indian, you were classified as troublemakers and savages and stupid, you know, um, so, she, they ought to be more understanding of what was going on because I don't feel that anybody, uh, Indians or whoever, should be thought of as stupid just because they're a certain uh, lineage or something like that. Um, it's, it, to me, it all comes down to the document. And if you're assimilating this country, and if this country, you know, and you're right, you know, all men are created equal that that is very, very important.
1: But yeah, and I, I agree with you. If that. you're not
4: making it if you're if you're not making an attempt to become a citizen and uh like the the ones that come into the harbor from all the different countries, then I have a problem.
1: Well and that was the question originally when they formed Ellis Island, it was formed by the federal government and of course it was illegal based <laughs> on the fact that under Amendment 10, that the uh, state should have had that right. Sally Baptist is going to be coming on, uh, I I'm, uh, hope, soon tonight, and we're going to get into a little bit about immigration in Idaho and how Idaho and what they're doing that is actually in breach of the constitution and productivity and some other things. So that's one of the reasons I had asked Sally to come on tonight with me because she's normally on talk shows with me on Monday nights in Florida. The oh, wow. um okay. yeah, there there's there's a lot of issues that we're having with the constitution right now. Uh the separation of church and state is not really constitutionally correct. It's that the federal government is not allowed to tell us it belongs to the state. Uh, Things under Amendment 10, uh, the immigration, uh, the lawsuits that I have brought against the state of Florida, uh, the uh, comments that we've done with the Supreme Court, uh, the letters we wrote to the governors where they stand and protect us for immigration. Uh, So all the issues that go on to what is correct under the Constitution, we really cover quite extensively on our website, cfabamerica.com, which is Citizens for a Better America. But the big thing tonight is that if a group of individuals take over the United States by being of one particular culture, would that impact on the Constitution? And can cultures actually... Be part of a system that follows what our forefather did when the the original colonists came. Their whole intent was to learn English, to teach, to destruct, to perform, to sell, and to make America productive. Our forefathers then, under the thirteen colonies, put together a constitution. In fact, when they did it, it would say, "If you're not a Christian." You cannot run for government. It actually was in the Constitution of all 13 states in the preambles. That later then falls out and becomes where we took Harvard, Yale, other universities, and we changed it to it became an open forum. And they then went against and misinterpreted Thomas Jefferson's comments of religion uh, being a separation of church and state, where in fact the Constitution doesn't say that. So we find a lot of people are looking at culture from one viewpoint, and I'm looking at it from the standpoint, can different cultures come into America as it did in the 1800s through 1950s and form a United States that was productive, that could compete in a world market became a world power to where today they're not productive, that they are no longer a world power in the sense of what they were 30, 50 years ago. So is these different cultures, regardless if they were from Asia or if they were from the far East or if they were from the South America or if they were from the islands, If they're brought into America, can we stand? In the state of Florida, we have uh, in the Constitution, it says English only. Yet what we did after 1988, when we put it in our Constitution, politicians decided that they would allow Spanish and English both be on different documents. But they did not allow the other 122 languages which meant they actually violated the Florida Constitution. So we're finding that politicians are looking at political gain as they did with for an example districting. When the slaves were freed, they came up with a fact that they wanted representation of the African Americans. So in so doing they said we're going to have districting by populations of African Americans and a certain number of them had to be representatives. Well, now districting is no longer done by the fact of African Americans under the Constitution, but it's done by the Hispanic characteristics. They're actually looking at Hispanics, they're looking at communities, and they're looking at Democrats and Republicans in the state of Florida for for districting. We have two articles on it. So again, we've taken a culture of a group of individuals that are taking over a population and we're giving authority that is outside of the Constitution. So can we say that a culture coming in from different groups of individuals will impact and continue America on its original course as written by our forefathers under the Constitution or are we going to see the Constitution rewritten by statutes and laws that are unconstitutional? So that's the thought for tonight.
4: And with that let's
3: go ahead and bring Ed in. And then we have Gene on the line as well. And so we'll uh, go it through that way. And if you'd like to call in, just give us a call 347. Nine four five seven four two eight, and while you're listening to the show you can also open up another browser and visit the website at www.barslogicpoliticaltalk.com uh, whereas you can tweet out the show if you are a Twitter user as well as go to the contact page where I have an email letter that I send out to our email list and appreciate if you were to uh, put that out to your folks on your email list to share the show that's how we get the word out here, so I'd really appreciate it, and appreciate your participation in that. And so it's pretty easy to do. we got it all set up for you on the website at com. Check out the other pages there. Uh, as I said, you'll find those on the home page where you can tweet out the show, uh, have access to the archives and also the contact page, uh, as well as uh, other pages such as the Get Involved, where pretty maybe not while you're watching or listening to the show tonight or here on the archive or podcast, but you can also see Newsmax uh, TV there from the website, and so check that out. And let's go ahead and bring in Ed. Thank you very much, Ed, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? All right,
2: man. Hey, this is Ed, your anti-fellow's friend. From I'm also from Florida. Uh, America was founded on the concept of liberty. You know, and uh, give me liberty, give me death, Patrick Henry. But, you know, uh, everybody wants to be free. So it's going to be a natural draw to get here. Um, Our biggest thing with people is that our biggest problem is D.C. that allows all these illegal immigrants to come in. If they were going to come in legally and be part of our system legally, it would be a lot different. Uh, when you allow them all just to you know, gather illegally and not understand our uh, bill of rights and then move to a welfare state that shouldn't exist in the first place, that's where our problems are. We need to actually make people realize, hey, we got to first guard our borders. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Yeah, everybody wants to come here. Yeah, but there's... Proper ways of doing it. We just can't let hordes and hordes of people come over here and, and start their own cultures. They have to understand. Hey, you want to, you know, be part of this great land that produces so much. You have to come here and produce too. You can't just come here and live off a welfare system that shouldn't exist in the first place because it's really, really uh, against the Constitution. The federal government shouldn't be involved in. Uh, The federal government is only supposed to be doing enumerated powers. And the problem is that, you know, they've gone way, way beyond it. I mean, we've got 4.1 million federal employees. They bother me a lot more than the cultural people are coming in here. And those 4.1 million federal employees, uh, especially the people in Congress, they're the ones that are letting all these people run across the border without any stop. And you know it's like, hey, when you do that, your country is going to soon be consumed. And they're 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 not here to produce; they're here to consume. And that's what we got to get changed around, man. Yeah,
1: Ed, you're entirely correct. And I'm I'm trying to stay away from that a little bit with this conversation tonight. But you're
2: you're correct. Well, you got, you can't stay away from it because the fact of the matter is, if you don't adhere to the principles of the Constitution, the Constitution is worthless. It's not the people that are coming here's fault. It's the fault of the people of government giving them the reason to come here and to be freeloaders. And yeah. I, look,
1: I, I agree with you, Ed, and I was going to say it's the issue is that if the Congress does not declare the illegal immigrants as invaders, the federal government has no authority under the Constitution. The authority belongs to the state. So your state governor oh. has the right to call the militia. The state governor in Florida or any other state, we just allowed 8,000 immigrants from Cuba to come in illegally into Texas. If that same thing would have happened with any other culture, we would have done something and removed them. So what they're doing, they're looking at other sumptures and giving more credit and authority and welfare to As they are to other ones Now I totally agree with you that the federal government is too big Thomas Jefferson and the writers of our constitution Absolutely says if we let the federal government get big There's only 17 items in the constitution that the federal government is allowed to even be part of Education is not one, healthcare is not one Immigration is not one We've allowed the Federal Reserve to be ran by the Jesuits, which is not part of the Constitution. We've done a lot of illegal things in our state and and other places that are totally unconstitutional. Our Division of Election in Florida, our uh, EEO, the Equal Opportunity Employees, uh, are giving more credence. Uh, you can go to an interview in Miami and if you don't speak Spanish, you do not get a job. So the fact that Florida, oh. under the 1988 Article 2, passed a law that said English only, and yet if you don't if don't speak Spanish, you can't even get a job in some places in Florida. So you got to go back to your state governor not enforcing their own laws. And this is one of the problems. We can't lay it all on the federal government we got to come back to your state governor, your your cities, your, your commissioners. These individuals are taking money and donations from the federal government rather than upholding the own constitution.
2: Well, I agree with you on that. And, and the fact of the matter is, yeah, there are cultural differences we've got to deal with. And one of the, the best things that we can do is to reach out to these illegals because – it, realistically we're not going to get our idiot uh lawmakers there they they they're paid to let this happen um and, and we got to reach out and try to teach them liberty and freedom and change their course and maybe you know for the proper perspective they can adapt i mean the ideal thing would be yeah let's get somebody in there this next election that's going to protect our borders and then in the meantime you know, let's get something together to say, hey, you know, either you're gonna learn what liberty is and you're gonna get off the welfare system and you're gonna be productive, or you're gonna be out of here because we close our borders. You're not a legal citizen. You're not part of our culture. We want you to be a productive human being, and we we need to encourage them to be a productive, free individual. And you know. It's something that we have to deal with. I understand what you're talking about is we gotta come in here and we gotta we have we're dealing with this. I mean in central Florida, where I live right now, there's many 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 different cultures, and probably uh twenty percent of the people where I live are illegal aliens, and it's just you know, that's it's a fact of life. We've let you know ten to fifteen percent of the population in the United States right now is illegal aliens. So it's just something we got to deal with. But at the same time, our best hope is a straighten out DC and our states, and then B. Well, we got them here. Say, hey, you guys got to uh, you know get more productive. You got to be learn a little English. You know, it's like, and a lot of them are. I, you know, I I see a lot of positive out there in you know, them, and they are being productive citizens. But uh, you know. Um, as far as the state paying favoritism over one group over another, the state shouldn't be involved in any of these things. The state should be limited, very small, and it should be we, the people just being free market entrepreneurs.
1: Well, that's exactly correct, and I was hoping you weren't going to take it to the federal government level because one of the misconceptions, we sent letters out to the 50 governors uh, last year when I was running for governor showing them their own constitution and under Amendment 10 that they have a right to immigration until Congress passes or states the illegals are invaders. The federal government had no authority. Within two months after we sent it to all the states, 34 states actually filed a lawsuit against the federal government, and that lawsuit is now in front of the Supreme Court saying, does the state have a right to guard its own borders And can the federal government Do what is being done Under the Obama administration And of course we already know The Supreme Court is already violated Its own authority by the fact That it's made some laws Where in fact the Supreme Court not, Cannot make laws And it belongs to Congress Now when we get back to the state of Florida Let's just say we took one of your Constitutional laws in the Florida Constitution under Article 2 it states and this was passed under amendment 11 in 1988 English only. So why do we allow individuals to get job that can only speak Spanish and not English? Why do we allow different individuals in different functions and cultures in the state of Florida to go against the constitution? Why is your county commissioners, your senators, your representatives, and your governor not enforcing the laws? And they're doing this for a political and financial gain. That's the answer. If I can make this a socialist state, if I can put you under my control where the community and the churches are not doing their job, and I can control you by saying to be a 501c3, You have to go to the IRS, which is illegal under the Constitution. If I can tell you that I'm not going to let you have places to help the poor, to train the poor, to work with the poor, or if people can come in this country illegally and get employment without sponsorship, without background investigation, without proper documentation. And I allow this because the money that is being spent and how this Big business and remember this is all about following the money Any policy that happens within a state or community or a country Is you follow the money as we were talking about the federal reserves So when you question the community and you question what's going on You have to ask yourself is one culture being given more credit than another Now your European culture which was 40% of Americans in um, 2006, I think, at one time was over 70%. You've lost 60% of the groups of individuals that formed your industry, your factories, uh, your productivity, and all the other things that was made in America. 60% of your culture uh, is now of a group of people's that have a different philosophy and they came from a socialist background and they have not assimilated into the culture of a free world and independent and productivity. We've allowed major businesses to come in and control. We've done away with the small business entrepreneur, which is the makeup of America to begin with. So the question is, should one culture – Even though the families are the same, the Hispanic culture raises their children exactly like the Caribbeans. And the paper that is on the web shows the comparison of the religions, the birth, uh, the manner of which the mother and fathers handle the family. There's no difference in culture bringing up. The difference is that there's more socialism in the Hispanic countries and some other countries than it would be in other countries. These individuals that want to work hard and come in here and earn their money are not given the same advantage as some of the other cultures. Back in the the 1800s and 1900s, we found that every European, to include what happened with the 13 colonies, came for the purpose of religious freedom, productivity, job, and to feed their families. Is this still happening today today? Or have we, as the federal government has done, changed this to a society that cultures are going to be totally dependent upon the federal government?
2: Well, it definitely is moving that way. And, you know, if we don't turn it around soon, we are all going to be, you know, socialists. I mean, it's close to being that way. And it's not the people that come here for, Free handouts faults it's the people that are giving out the free handouts faults, so I mean you can't blame the cultures you can blame our culture for doing it, our culture for not standing up for our own liberty, you know, and it's like there shouldn't be you know a welfare state from the federal government in the first place, and then the states shouldn't even have one. they should say you got to go to you know, the Salvation Army or wherever else where free markets work, and you got to learn how to work and produce yourself. And that's the way it was intended to be.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly correct. Of course, you know the Salvation Army is actually based out of England, but there are uh, a lot of uh, misinformation being given to the American people of the responsibility. What What happened is... The federal government made a determination, if I can destroy religion and I can put the federal government more responsible than religion of John 21. I'm going to get into just one second a feed, clothing, shelter, which is the responsibility of your neighbor to help each other in your neighborhood. When my mother was 16, she had four children. Two of my sisters committed suicide at 17. I had to go in the army or go to jail. I'm now two-master's degree, a doctorate degree, a retired master sergeant, and I went up to a society, of, and I had to fight through and, 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 and gain who I was, and I do prison ministries, and I work with a lot of people in communities. But what it came down to is they took the responsibility away from the neighbor, they took the responsibility away from the churches, and they placed it under the federal government. If you go to your community today and you ask a minority, whether it's African, American, or another group, who would they trust, the church or the federal government, they're going to tell you it's the federal government. They no longer believe the church has a responsibility to help them. They believe it's only the federal government.
3: That's what, gentlemen, yes. uh, we've got a, a number of folks on the line, and, and we will bring things back to everyone, of course, as we do here on our roundtable discussion And uh, and so we want to add some more folks uh, to that table. And so the next person uh, we're going to add on is Gene, and then we have Nathan, and then we have Kelly on the line, and we have other folks on the line. And push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you in. And also, if you're out there, uh, whether you're in the chat or not in the chat, uh, listen to the uh, numerous venues that folks that listen to the show. Give us a call at 347-945-7428, and hopefully we can get you uh, into the show. Uh, just push the number dial when you'd like to get in. So let's go ahead and bring in Gene. Uh, thank you very much, Gene, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, doing doing okay. How about you? Good, good. Uh, so good to have you all on on this uh, topic this evening.
0: Uh, yes, I've had some thoughts, too. Though. I know the state of Arizona, they tried to do something about their borders, and I recall it. the 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 federal government decided came in on that so they were kind of restricted I think for doing something about that. Unfortunately the the federal government seems to run things now the same way with the churches. If you go to church for help they may help you or they may send you to the the local police department which is set up to do that, which is part of the government and and my grandmother first years ago they had those German settlements and they had to be assimilated into our Culture and Warren English, but I've seen jobs even around here that they prefer bilingual. In other words, that you can speak Spanish to get the job.
1: Yeah, and Gene, I want to add to that. Arizona actually filed in 1980s a lawsuit against the federal government. It went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled that the federal government did not have to pay back the state of Arizona for all the individuals that were incarcerated. And they based it on the fact that Congress did not declare the illegal immigrants invaders. So the same rule that applied then still applies to the state of Arizona and also to the other 49 states. So from that viewpoint, what's happening is the governors have allowed things to go against the Constitution. And we are sending letters out to the governors. We now saw the governors went back and filed against the federal government, but they did it under the Commerce Clause other, to, other than Amendment 10 and the Article of the Invaders. Is anybody like to make a comment on that, or you want me to continue? I was
4: going to Put jump in with something I
3: Go ahead, Susan. R- real quick as and then I we'll up, bring it back to Jinx. We got Nathan on uh and Kelly on the line as well. What what was that, Susan?
4: Um, when I call a couple of different companies, Starbucks and um, you know, like when I want to make a comment or Boku my green drink food that stuff food stuff I order. They they have they have it in French. <laughs> you don't hear that often, you don't get the church, it's usually uh, something about, you know, Hispanic language, and you press one for and two for. And I at least got a couple companies that put the French language in there, and probably Francais. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it is prejudice in a way. I mean, they should have German on there, they should have American Indian, they should have, you know, why, why are we just doing one country uh, or one language when there's lots of different ones? German, why, why, what, what's the deal, you know? And I, I'm, I'm in trouble anyway because I'm English just so got French, Irish, German, Welsh, and you. <laughs> Sorry, just so much. <laughs> well,
1: and you know, Susan, that this goes back to the fact that under the Constitution, though the Amendment 14 is called equality, and you're going to have more real,
3: than. Real quick, just real, real quick. Uh, this is a. It sounds like someone may have a speakerphone or something. We're we'll getting some feedback here. Uh from folks. I don't know if someone has somebody on speaker or something of that nature will get some background noise. But it sounds like it may have gone away, that's good. So let's uh try to find a way to curtail that. Um uh, so go go ahead. It looks like that was taken care yeah. of. Uh go ahead. Yeah, I
1: I wanna go into the fact
3: that every
1: American has to have an English basis. What we've done is we're actually educating free the Hispanic people to learn English, but the Hispanic people are only employing the Spanish people that are bilingual, and we're allowing that, which is a problem with the EEO out of Miami and also Washington, D.C. There really should not be any other language. I speak fluent German. I lived in Germany 14 years Uh, In uh, 1918 there was a lady born in Russia in a prison camp Um, At the age of 85 I took her on as a caregiver I was able to speak with her and I helped her Uh, She stayed with the family for over 10 years Um, We spoke English She spoke fluent English But yet I can converse with her in two languages Uh, But when you go get a job You can't get a job because I speak German in, 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 In Miami Uh, you know, you have to have Spanish. Well, that's illegal. That is wrong. And this is where we get into the culture. If you put a culture, a group of individuals that are only comfortable together in their own communities, which we found that was happening with our African Americans, and we learned that we had to disperse them in order to get them assimilated and educated within a community. And that was why the Um, districting and representatives came out, we had equal representation. And this goes back into the fact now representation is by the Democrats and Republicans. There's an antitrust violation of the political parties. There's uh, no longer Florida is 60%. People don't want to believe this, but 60% of the people in Florida are independents, no party affiliated. They try to tell you it's 36%. Uh, so there's a lot of other issues involved with the culture uh, assimilation into a community or into America that is not being adhered to by the authority of a state, which is your governor, for an example, the state of Florida. So, Robert, you want to let Nathan in?
3: Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, bring in Nathan and Kelly. will uh Be next, and I do, uh, Ned. Let's know. I do have you back on the line, okay, Ed? But first, I want to make sure because we we brought Gene in. I do want to bring in Nathan. D- 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 was there any response you want to make on that, Jane?
0: Uh, not that much for right now. I reserve the right to write this, to say, have a comment. <laughs> there you go. Just uh, chime in when you're ready.
3: So let's get. Yeah, let's get let's go ahead and bring in uh, Nathan. Thank you very much, uh, Nathan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
5: Hey, pretty good. Listen, um, I uh, the guy is uh, I'm from Orlando. He's from Central Florida. I don't know him, but appreciate what he said. But one thing he said that many of us say is he used the word illegal immigrants. You know, if you came home and found somebody broke into your house, you wouldn't call them uninvited guests. You'd call them a uh, uh, criminals and call the police to have them removed or either tracked down and and arrested part of this is an education we've been taught illegal immigrants um it's it's criminal invaders and one of the things that's given trump uh the the success he is with his message is he's calling it in the words that that reflects many of our minds and our hearts and and it's like that's that's called he's 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 going through the roof on his ratings because of that because he's saying what we're thinking and I just wanted to remind people, it, 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 we really are being educated when we let them dis- determine um, what what the, the the language is. We can't language is a science and I won't I won't I'll give you an example. I will not let an atheist tell me he's an atheist unless he can make the point and the proof. Give me the facts, the evidence that he can prove that that God don't exist. And if he can't, then he needs to change the 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 phrase or or the word that defines his religion his discipline of thought that he lives by, but he can't say something exists don't exist and and not prove it Because so, what you're doing is is language the word atheist means no god, and you gotta prove there's no god you know uh the word um evolution Means mature. It doesn't mean something becomes something from nothing or something from its original origin. You 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 gotta it, 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 you gotta give me the evidence. And all I'm saying is, is when we hear these words and we pick up the language, it's simply we're being educated without e- uh, consent to it.
1: Does that make sense?
2: No. no, you're you're
1: entirely yep. correct, Nate. Certainly does. Good. Yeah, when I made the Go comment. Ahead, If Congress yeah, if Congress doesn't use the word invaders, the state has to take on the fact that it is an invasion. And even though the Constitution says that a state is not allowed to call the militia, if the governor of a state declares these illegals as invaders, the state has a right to call the militia and the state has a right to defend its borders and to imprison, incarcerated and handle and this was proven by the Supreme Court when the state of Arizona went after the federal government. So constitutionally, we've already set this up that what is an invader? And as you says, it is any one person who has committed any crime or whose character is not of the nature that we call a good citizen. Uh, yeah. We have a constantly uh, disagreement in the press. What a illegal. There's a young lady that was six months old that was brought into America. She's now going to college, and she and her parents were never uh, legalized. They were never naturalized. They're still illegal immigrants. And there is a complaint on their part. Can they still stay in America? And, of course, unless they go through the state, unless they petition the state, unless the state authorizes them to stay by the Constitution— they cannot stay. Now, many people think that you get naturalized by the fact that immigration is what they did in Ellis Island and that we, the federal government, is going to say, oh, we're going to let you be immigrants. Well, it's untrue. It belongs you gotta, to
5: yeah. you got to put it up there with, with any other crime. If a criminal robs a bank, does he get to keep the money? Uh, does a guy get to run across the border or come into this country and be here illegal at any point whether he had a visa and then his visa expired and he just, you know decided just to keep staying here without permission uh... there's no other word other than criminal and and the same way we would say the bank robber is a bank robber and he doesn't get to keep the money because he did what bank robbers do he steals and robs banks and and uh... so i just say you know, whenever I talk to people, it's like, just don't call them something or not. If they came across, if if I tell a lie, just one lie, that's all it takes for me to be a liar. And and if I, I sneak across a border, it, I'm an illegal. I'm, I'm I'm a criminal invader. That's all it is. And that's what I'm. I just want to make that point that we can't fall into their language because when we fall into language that's been decided for us to use, we've already compromised the idea of of the law.
1: Well, Nathan, and let's go back to the fact. Let's take the president of the United States who wants to go back to Eisenhower and say how Eisenhower uh, deported millions and millions of people on an executive order. Well, guess what? Eisenhower, Trump, or no one, as president of the United States, under an executive order, can deport anyone. It's going to take Congress to say that these immigrants that came here illegally are invaders. At that point then the Congress stating that, then the executive branch or the executive president or an executive order can write and deport people. But the executive cannot make a law. It has to be Congress. So The problem is is Congress not defining what illegal immigrants are.
5: Yeah, but, Dr. Tober, what we just got into, again, through what you were just saying, is again the people are being educated about our political system. So, because Congress ain't doing their job and the, the president's doing not doing his job and doing making up his own rules by doing executive orders to do what Congress says, we we the general public as 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 we are in whole is saying, well that there's the political process and we're we're voting for people that. Is running on uh, an executive order to overdo what the other guy did, and, and this is this is it's all been down to we we're, we've been educated, and I, I'd say whatever you guys are doing, uh, keep doing it, and and because and you're 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 doing a good job on on reaching minds because people people haven't thought through this, and it's it's not going to get turned around without people thinking through it and 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 confirming what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I believe that you look at cultures, you look at the ones that believe coming here illegally as a greater right. If you go to the senior Hispanic or other individuals who came through the system legally, they are just as much against the illegal immigrants coming in as are the Europeans. So if you sat down with individuals that came through the system, or people that have waited ten years to get into the system, they're saying, well this is not right. Well, what's not right, even the system they came in is not right. The boat lift was illegal. The the fact that no one petitioned the state and and came into the country is illegal. No one's enforcing the constitution. So if we start at a state level and we explain to the people in the state that there's a process that is legally required under the Constitution. So one of the things we do, we have like 10 articles on immigration uh, and, and the problem with impeachment, the the problem with treasons and, and all the other stuff. But it comes right back to the fact that you have a group of illegal or even legal immigrants that are coming into America. They're saying that that number is 50, 50 million uh, legal um, uh immigrants from South America, currently in America, that are not willing to adapt to the Constitution? Does that cause America a problem? That's really the question.
5: Well, if you'll you'll, uh, mute me so I can listen by phone so I can listen to others get their point in.
3: Okay, we'll do that. And, uh, of course, as we do here on Barge Logic is we do keep folks in the line. Uh, If you'd like, uh, I can either mute the mic, which I don't really like to do, so if that's something you can do uh, on your own is to mute your mic or your phone so you're ready to come back in.
5: Okay, I'll hit hit one if I need to come back in.
3: Okay. Well, then, let's see if if we can work it that way. Uh, What I'll do is I'll periodically come back. Okay, I muted the mic there, Nathan. I'll periodically come back to you when – we're bringing things back on the roundtable, and so let's go ahead and bring in our panelist and good friend Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly. How you doing tonight?
6: Hey, really good, Robert. Uh, yeah, I I spent uh, a good chunk of the day. Yeah, how was your day? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. I I spent a lot of quality time with a beam. You know, engineer beam. People are like, okay, no wonder why he doesn't have a date. But it's from a Germanic origin, I think. German's uh, some of the best engineers in the world. And uh, Dr. Tolbert, I'm going to go ahead and get back to a point that relates to um, what you've been discussing. But, um, yeah, you know, German's uh, farm, we kind of keep to ourselves. Maybe that's why, from that culture, I'm more working hard, to actually still working while we're talking. But um, the the um, I, I actually come from a long line of Jewish hog farmer too, but that's another story. Um, but I want to I want to get back to the cultural thing. Um, the Constitution was written uh, very much so from Western thinking, if you will. When I say Western thinking, you know we're talking Europe. We're talking uh, not just the Catholic Church's influence, but also um, Luther and the Reformation, and the Pilgrims coming over to Mayflower to seek religious freedom, so they wouldn't have to subscribe to the forced Church of England. All that stuff—it was—it was a flavor, if you will, a flavor of thinking that the founders had when they wrote the Constitution. And so, therein, uh, Doctor Tolbert is the question I would have for you: is the um, you know Hispanic thinking, which you know, by the way, I think Hispanic people are, are what I've known—they're wonderful, hardworking, family-oriented people. But their thinking is is just different, and so I'm. I'm wondering if you're, you're subtly getting to um, lead us to to that the Hispanic community thinks differently than Western culture. Is, is that kind of where you're going with this and where the Constitution will be in 20 years?
1: Well, absolutely, because we do know that the Hispanic community has a totally di- different way of raising their family. They assimilate different. They're more family-oriented. Uh, Their difference in uh, the leader of the family, their divorce rate is different. Uh, Their their mainly culture of religion uh, is from the Catholic Church. There's a lot of uh, things that are built into it. But the key factor is the socialist manner of which they left a country, which has been ingrained into the way of living. And even though they're leaving that culture and moving into a culture without it, and going for their own freedom, and many of those who did it legally did it for a purpose of bettering themselves, as did our European uh, immigrants. But the culture change that came with it, they ended up grouping themselves together in small communities and did not allow the their, their work to go into the community of productivity in many areas. They became a culture within a culture. This, over the next 20 years, you're going to have a 20% of Europeans and Western philosophies. Now, in the fact that England and the way of thinking and our constitution and what we did is totally outside of Venezuela, uh, Cuba, Honduras, uh, and all the other Hispanic countries, when this comes into America and now you're sitting with 50 million legal immigrants and there are in Hispanic and there's probably better than 15 million plus illegal immigrants. The question is, should they be given greater rights than other immigrants that are legal? And that was really the question because when I discuss this with a group of individuals from the Caribbeans, our U.S. census does not even put on the paper, are you a Caribbean? Did you come from the Caribbeans? They totally no. <laughs> eliminate them, classify them as others or african American. So there is a violation of our Constitution. Can we then say that other cultures are coming into America and not given the equal rights of another culture. And that was the whole reasoning for the show tonight.
2: Oh, okay.
1: That's interesting. All right. Well, yeah. You know, just like
6: if you're illegal, then what say have you in our country? Um, You know, uh, what say you, which, by the way, that's a British uh, people walk up to the castle, and they say, hey, what say you? And if you look also at our fundamental origins it goes back deeper than the Constitution to the Magna Carta. The fundamental thing about Magna Carta was the law was placed above the king. First time in modern history, you know, 1215. Mm. And and that thinking of the law above the king has come into our country, obviously, 1600s, 1700s, and the Constitution. And, and are these legal or illegal? All right, the question for you, sir, the expert. Uh, legal or illegal immigrants, do they understand the importance
1: of the law above the government or the Constitution? And the answer is no, because if they did, they would not come here illegal. And as Nathan stated, if I broke into your house and sat in your living room, do I now have possession of your property? And the fact is, no, you don't. So why should they then be allowed and have uh not good character i think that's what the constitution says under the naturalization act of 1805 in order to be a naturalized citizen you have to be a citizen of good character so if i became a thief and a robber and i came in your your country should i give any rights to an individual as illegal well we wrote a a document and filed it with the state of florida called citizens for a better America party of florida and we have in our A uh, article 10 and article 10 says that if you're an illegal immigrant and you came in and you did not petition the state, then you must go through the following procedures in order to become a person of good character. And we've we've listed this and we follow the U.S. Constitution in, in putting it together where the state of Florida has not placed in their constitution. What does it take to be a immigrant in the state of Florida? They've actually allowed the federal government to dictate immigration, just as they have in education, health care, and other issues. So if you look at an illegal immigrant that broke into your house, regardless of its nature, if they're Hispanic, Caribbean, European, Vietnamese, it's not relevant. Should they have any rights to anything, and should they learn the culture and the fact that they broke a law? And that's well, what it's about? Well, yeah. Well, there's something fundamental here. There are actually there are some
6: rights they do have, like due process when they commit a crime, because there's no other law in the in the country
1: within our boundaries. There was a uh, Supreme Court case. Well, actually, they don't however, have due process. What it says is they have to be a resident of a state to have due process. And if they're so here illegally, they don't have do <laughs> not have due process. There's a misinterpretation of the term of authorization of due process if you're an illegal immigrant. So well, here, you got to go back to the reason.
6: I know. I know. Here's where I'm going with this. There's certain rights they don't have. They don't have the right to Social Security, to welfare, and the boat. Okay? They don't have those rights. They really Correct. don't even have the right to work here. Correct. But the Supreme Court, I can't remember what court case it was, they ruled that if they do commit a crime, they do have due process rights and the right to trial the jury. But why don't we just kick them out so we don't have to pay the jury? I mean... It doesn't make sense to me, but something... Do you know Christina Timmons? She's been on our show a few times.
0: She's now, been on the show. Unfortunately, this Ms.
1: Tim, Ms. Timmons ran with me for governor. She was my lieutenant governor when I ran in 2014. Oh, awesome. Okay.
6: Yeah. I mean, I, I was so stunned how she awoken me to the reality that the way the practice of our country was that the states were vetting um, immigrants. You had to have a sponsor and I was listening to some genealogy society. They said, Yeah, you can find, um, where your grand who your great grandparents were, great great grandparents were by going to the county courts. Like, what? Yes, because somebody would sponsor, they go to the county courthouse and the and the judge would vet that okay, now you're a citizen in other words the state did it and and they delegated the county judges and after a certain period of time with your sponsor everything's fine. The judge would make you a citizen and then it got on your records and that's how you can find your ancestry it is like it's stunning how far we have Uh, fallen
1: well that's exactly correct and miss timmons in many ways quotes the constitution better than most anybody does and i think in all cases we all have a certain amount that we agree with and disagree with but the point is that many people think that an illegal immigrant has right of due process where in fact They don't because they're not a resident of the state. They don't because they're not a legal immigrant because they didn't go through the petition. Uh, They're not because they are not ever going to be a naturalized citizen under the Act of 1796 and the Act of 1805. We've allowed the courts, the Supreme Court actually ruled against a a person uh, having due process, depending on how they got here and, and what was the circumstances. Just like we can look at anchor babies, people are trying to tell you that an anchor baby under Amendment 14 has a right. It's totally untrue because, again, two parents must be authorized to come in. They must go through the proper procedures. The baby cannot be born in America and, and be then a natural citizen. And and then it goes into the Constitution, what's it take to be a natural citizen? It goes into the bat- that both parents must be a U.S. citizen. It states that specifically in the Constitution. But, yet a lot of people want to argue the Constitution, and, of course, I can do that all day long with anyone, but I really want to come down to the fact, what do we do to assimilate different cultures, and what's the impact of that on the U.S. culture and American Constitution 20 years from today? Well, let me let me throw something out to you. Well, I
6: need your help with something, but also a Minor versus Happersett, it was a 1870s case. To be a natural citizen, you had to have both parents um, natural or naturalized, like green card naturalized thing. Correct. And then you born on American soil, which um, looks to me like Cruz or Rubio, Santorum and Jindal are not eligible to be president. That's a whole other story, but. The question I have, well, here's what's going on where I might need your help, okay? You're working with states. They're getting lawsuits going, this is awesome. I can't tell you how awesome this is because this needs to be spoken by the Supreme Court the way it ought to be. Um, And Robert's accusing me of being the constitutional scholar on the show. But we have a movement going on here. It's called the State of Jefferson, if you've heard of it. On the 6th of January, 21. Our total went up to 21 counties, so that's a third of California saying we want out, we're done. If, you know, God help us, if we actually become another state, we would love your help to write the Constitution to clarify that the state of Jefferson will deal with immigration on our own and not allow the feds. That's what we would love to put in our Constitution.
1: Yeah, and, you know, having said that, there there were several lawsuits and 34 states actually filed. But what they did, they did it under the Commerce Clause rather than under the violence of naturalization and Amendment 10. So the state of California and the state of Florida and all the other states needs to put in the Constitution immigration. Uh, for a moment, Robert Sally's uh, trying to get on the line. She's not able to get in. Is there, she? Can you... Pick her up?
3: Oh, I don't know what she would. Uh, she's having some uh, problems getting in. Uh, let me see. He
4: no, I see her.
3: Um, actually, no, I see her. Uh, I see her in the queue. She just needs to push the uh, one on the number dial, and uh, I'll get her into the shell.
1: Okay, but so she said she would have one, and it was not responding.
3: Okay, yes, I'll get. Uh, I'll get her in. So uh, let's go ahead and I'll get her uh, in now. So let me uh, get to that. Well, wait a minute. Did we just lose her? Nope. No, we did not. Uh, here we go. Let's go ahead and get Sally in. Thank you very much, Sally, for coming to the show. How are you?
7: Oh, I'm doing fine, thanks. It's been a little bit of a crazy night. I uh, expected to be on a little bit earlier. It just didn't quite happen. So I apologize for running late today but um i I've been listening to you guys for the last few minutes here, and it's like we we've really got so many things to be thinking about, especially when it comes to the illegals and the work and everything else and um uh what I was talking to Dr Talbert about uh, yeah, uh, Monday it's like right now i just i recently learned that um the uh, Greek yogurt company um cabana they're yeah.
4: they're
7: they're they're out of Idaho and they're all Goodbye. focused on hello. Can you hear me? I can. Yes, I hear you, Sally. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, but they will. I have a tendency
3: won't. to have to, yeah, I apologize, uh, Sally. Sometimes I have uh, where I have to multitask uh, while I'm doing the show. <laughs> so I might have oh. been either sending a text or replying to a chat or doing something on <laughs> Facebook or Twitter. Uh, so uh,
7: <laughs> I'm uh,
3: wearing many hats here tonight.
7: <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, I understand it all too well. Anyway, the um, the guy who founded Kobana, he's a a Muslim who uh, who came to America to make you know to have the new life and all that, and, and that's all fine and dandy. However, his focus is bringing in refugees to work in his factory, and this is happening in Idaho. It seems like Idaho, w- while most people would think it's about as um, Americana as you get, the truth is it doesn't seem to be because they're they're worried about giving the jobs to the refugees, and they don't care about the American workers. And I, I let them know that I won't be buying their product again. And the other thing, out of, again, out of Idaho, I'm sure you're familiar with Melaleuca. Oh, they, boy. Um, yeah, Melaleuca. I, this, I, I I used to buy their products as well. And uh, when Romney was running, uh, Vandersloot, the guy who's a, the – Self-made billionaire, self-made as in the fact he had an opportunity to be become a billionaire in the United States of America. He is out there. He was uh, pushing for Romney and also pushing for that crazy amnesty stuff, the gang of hate um, immigration garbage that was out there. So he was promoting that. Like they don't want to give jobs to Americans. They want to get the cheap labor. And I'm like, the guy's a billionaire. You need to tell me he has to (laughs) has to worry about giving jobs to the illegals instead of or the cheap labor instead of giving the jobs to Americans. So I don't buy any of their products either. And you know, uh, I sent a a few. emails and faxes and made some phone calls to Idaho and said, you know what, I ain't buying your potatoes either. <laughs> I'm just, you know, if Idaho doesn't believe in America, I am, I am not going to support them. So I'm, I'm encouraging people to boycott Idaho altogether because they don't seem to care about Americans. And I found it extremely interesting. In the last uh, couple of days, I was out there looking at, at the VanderSloot, the Melaleuca guy, and gosh, I wonder who he's who who he is supporting. Who is we'll he is endorsing. Real, real
3: quick, Sally, we'll have to uh two things. One, uh, speaking of Idaho, we'll have to get uh we'll have to get Susan's uh take on that as well cuz she's from Idaho, and then next yeah. week uh we're having uh a gentleman from the Constitution Party uh who is running for president who is from Idaho. Uh who will be calling in uh I believe to our show next week. Uh, so we'll be uh, interested, uh, interesting to hear from his him as well. Uh, so, okay. but go ahead. I just yeah. want to make that, and then we'll, we'll bring it over to you, Susan. After uh, we get some co- uh, some other comments from some someone else uh, from Idaho. Yeah. Go ahead.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just doctors. just two Hold things. On. I, want... so I can just finish up just real quick. Two things here. Sure. Uh, no, Marco Rubio, uh, Van is is endorsing Marco Rubio. Now, how, how convenient is that, Mister Amnesty? <laughs> I'm from Florida, so I know more about Marco Rubio than most people do around the country. So I thought that was extremely interesting. And um, mark your calendars for George Washington's birthday, February 22nd. Um, On my blog talk radio show, we are going to be having a presidential debate with the Constitution Party candidates, the three of them. So anyway, with that being said, thank you for letting me put that out there and give a little bit of a rant. I was just so annoyed, and I I made as many people in Idaho know about it as I could. And the point, Sally, is that on the 22nd of February,
1: all three individuals that are running for president under the Constitutional Party will be on your show. Correct. And it'll be at, it'll be at 9 o'clock at night Eastern Standard Time? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I, and, and, not and then gonna... Robert's having it next week on his show, so at least another political party is getting an opportunity to speak about what's going on whether or not they really understand the Constitution, at least they get an opportunity to talk about it.
7: Exactly. And it's we're not going to be uh, complaining about each other. It's going to be learning what each of them thinks about the various issues and how the Constitution applies to it or doesn't apply to what's going on these days. And, and anyway, I'd like, you to, like, to, on, like to, on, to finish,
4: around.
1: on Sally's on point of Idaho, it goes back to cultures and its diversity within a a community that we would bring in a big business, multinational, and we would, we've increased the numbers of international people coming into our country. Uh, by tenfold, we went from 70-some thousand to 250,000, uh, taking over the middle-class jobs. Uh, we've replaced people in Disney World. Uh, we've allowed culture diversities to bypass the Constitution Uh, We've allowed other countries to come in here by the federal government's uh, allowance, violating the state constitution. So this is where we get into uh, cultures. Uh, If you have a—and, of course, we all know that Idaho is a great state, as are the other 49 states. But when a governor of a state allows a group of individuals to come in and take jobs from the American citizens— is that a correct remedy for Americans'
2: growth? Susan?
4: Oh, um, I, I didn't know you were judging me specifically. Um hey, I I am no butch out fan. He's my governor. Uh and and he lied. He he my roommate, he absolutely lied to him. He was trying to build a national sovereign city for the Chinese here. And um, when we confronted him on it at one of his little stops on his political thing to run for governor again, uh, his his wife argued with Alan, and Alan says, hey, I lived in China 12 years. I absolutely know what was in the newspapers there. So, you know... I don't care for Simpson. He's an idiot. He's my idiot. But you know, don't boycott or blame all of us from Idaho. That's not fair. It's not fair. Um, Rawlappor is a good guy. He's in the House of Representatives. Yes, we have Simpson. Like I said, he's an idiot. But overall, and and Rich and Crapo aren't bad either. Um, and uh, yeah, I you know we got we got organic. We got so I don't support Mel. Luther, first of all. I do have a few people who buy from them, but um, they are a company. Their their stuff is. I buy organic cleaners, and their stuff isn't. And I will no longer. I don't buy Chobani anyway, but um, I buy organic yogurt. So uh, you know there are certain you can. I don't have an issue with going after certain companies and not buying their product, but don't frown on. Idaho, I you know, it kind of made me feel bad. Like I was, oh, well, you're from Idaho type thing, you know. That's not fair. That's not fair. Wow. Yeah. And, and I was, I well, real quick, because
3: uh, I, I want to get this out. Uh, and, uh, folks, we only got about 30 minutes to call into the uh, live portion of the show now. We're only halfway through the show. we still got a good hour and a half left, so there's plenty of time for everyone to chime in. But for those listening out there who want to be a part of our extended period, or sometimes we'll lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark, uh, you'll need to give us a call from the next half hour at 347-945-7428, or unfortunately your audio uh, will be gone, and also your opportunity to call and be a part of the show uh, will disappear as well. Uh, So give us a call at 347-945-7428. And so we... Appreciate you calling in. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of the show, of course, push the one on the number dial. And so, Sally, I want to ask you th- uh, a couple things, and then we'll, we'll uh, bring it back to you, and then we'll bring things back around, unless we get some more uh, people who want to chime in uh, before we bring things back around on our roundtable discussion. Is that, Sally? Uh, you mentioned that uh, you're going to have uh, the debate uh, on your show uh, with the three candidates. Uh, I'm presuming one of those would be including J.R. Myers. Yes. Mm-hmm.
7: Yes, he'll okay. be on. So that'll be
3: the gentleman. He'll, wear, yeah. I'm still waiting on his on his reply, but only I, only uh, corresponded kind of with him about twelve hours ago, and he, uh, yeah. We're talking about him coming on and, and interviewing next week uh, on the show uh, about his uh, his run there, and also now, have you been in contact with uh, Floyd Whitney? I'm sorry, with who? Floyd Whitley. He's one of the chairpersons of the Constitution Party in Idaho.
7: Uh no, I no, not from Idaho. I've been um I'm here in Florida and I deal with uh Bill Wayland cuz he's the Florida Constitution Party guy. And we we did a show on the Constitution Party a while back and I actually had some of the other um uh, party members ac- across the country, and I have to go back, and I, I don't want to say anyone's name wrong because we had a group of them on to talk about what the Constitution Party is, and then uh, Scott Copeland came in. We did an interview with him one night as well. So uh, I've been doing what I can yeah, to and inform people about the Constitution Party. Yes.
3: Yeah, Scott. Yeah, and also, yeah, I was gonna look at my emails. I think I, I think Copeland might be in next week. Back in 2012 is is yeah. Uh, well, Cindy, she's not here, but uh, you as well. Uh, Kelly, you can uh, attest that we had a lot of folks on here uh, from the Constitution Party on the show. You know, can go back in the podcast and hear the interviews. Uh, one of those in which we had Virgil Goode uh, on the show uh, about two or three times. And of course, you know, he was the Constitution Party's presidential candidate uh, who went up being on the, you know, pretty much the national ballot. I know he was on the ballot here in Ohio, and then it was uh, on the ballots nationally. I actually got the opportunity to uh, To meet uh, Virgil Goode. I tell you what, salt of the earth, of the earth guy, and I tell you what, that these past four years uh, would have been much better, in my opinion, if Virgil Goode would have, um, you know, would, would have become president. Uh, so definitely uh, was interested in, in, in seeing him and see more about the Constitutional Party, and we'll probably have more now. Uh, last question, and we'll bring things back around. Are they? Have you heard if they're still doing the? Uh, debate in Idaho in Des Moines, uh, Idaho on February the twenty ninth.
7: I have not heard anything about that. I haven't been getting any kind of updates to any change on that. As far as I know, they are. I would have to say that. The uh, okay. other thing. i right, well, just uh, I just curious because we we're, yeah, we're, were Constitution were... Party last time. What's that?
3: yeah i mean yeah i mean, yeah it's it's out there. I voted for george Gould last time uh for the presidential campaign two thousand twelve uh but yeah we've interviewed a lot of those folks, but yeah, I just wanted to get a touch base on them uh as well, so you know that that should be interesting uh definitely folks uh, check out that debate. I think it'd be uh very interesting for you to hear about the the Constitution party. Uh, and, you know, one of the, on you know, alternate parties. And we've talked about multi-party systems here and breaking the duopoly. Of course, that's a conversation definitely for another night. Uh, so we'll definitely be talking about that. So anyway, I just wanted to get that out. But uh, before we go, remember, folks, we only get about less than half an hour now to give us a call at 347-945-7428 if uh, you'd like to be a part of the show. So just give us a call. And uh, a little uh, – Backlogged on doing this, and that is uh, hearing our message from the Patriot Journalist Network. And while we're playing the audio clip, uh, take a few seconds to visit the website at Uh, There, Check out the different pages there. Uh, They're on the front where you can uh, tweet out uh, the show for tonight, as well as uh, follow me on Twitter if you are a Twitter user, as well as on the contact page. Uh, you have the letter that I send out for our email list. So, if anyone there would like to be a part of the email list or send that letter to your friends on your email list, of course, that is appreciated. And that is one way in which we share the episodes and the podcast with folks. Of course, as you know, Sally, uh, all of our shows, our podcasts are archived for uh, future listening. And so, uh, definitely check those out. Uh, and what's the name of the show, uh, your show again, Sally?
7: Uh, American Statesman, Blog Talk Radio, American, American Statesman.
3: American Statesman?
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. And so yeah, while we're I looking at the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, let's go ahead and listen from the Patriot Journalist Network.
2: You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile. <laughs> has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle.
3: Definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And you can hear more about the Patriot Journalist by going to the guests page of the website. And you'll see one of our featured guests there is Mark Prasik, who is the founder of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you'll hear more about uh, the network and him by listening to that podcast uh, that we've had. And I believe there's even a link on the website to the that particular show. So, that, yeah, definitely uh, check that out. And so it looks like, unfortunately, uh, we lost uh, someone here, uh, but hopefully they'll be able to call back within the next uh, couple minutes or, unfortunately, we'll, we'll not have them back. And I believe that is our good friend Ed. Uh, that we may have lost on there, so hopefully we'll be able to get back into the show. But uh, before I uh, interrupted, and you know, folks, I hate to do that, uh, we had Susan uh, talking, I and mean, here's how we'll bring it, folks. We'll have Susan, and we'll bring it back to you, Gene. And then, Nathan, I'm going to open up with, uh, your mic. And, of course, in between time, we'll have our guest, Dr. Tolbert, uh, Tolbert in there to uh Give us uh, some more information and to respond to your comments. And, of course, we'll bring it uh, back to you, Kelly and Sally, and then we'll bring in some other folks if they'd like to chime in, and we'll uh, get Ed in as well if he's able to call back. And So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Susan, to finish off your thoughts. And then, Gene, uh, we're going to bring it back into our roundtable okay. discussion. Go ahead, Susan. Well, I, I find it all
4: really interesting, and I've learned a few things. I've enjoyed it. Um, and I think that some people that come here do try to assimilate. I got to go, I think I called your attention to the, um, uh, what I wrote about the Chinese group that, um, I don't know if they're all born here, at Shen Performing the Arts, they're out of New York, and, um, I got, my daughter took me to see it, and it was just beautiful. Um. They couldn't have said what they did here in China. Or they'd have been killed. Um, and, uh, and Nicholas, uh, or Mitchell, you know, the guy you had on with the Falun Gong? Um, I, I let him know about this, too. Um, and like I said, I don't know if some of them came here or born here, but I'm sure they had people that fled here at one point. That um, they exposed communism. They called them the Red Beast. And they spoke about it right on stage and about Falun Gong and how they're telling them over there, you know, taking their organs and stuff when they're alive. Well, they didn't say that. They just talked about Falun Gong. And there was quite a bit on that. And um, one of the Chinese guys, he was much older, just with the group. So whether he was uh, uh, had been born there and came here, I'm not sure. I didn't ask on some of that. But um I told him I know what this is about because I've been crying to the part where they were exposing that and singing about it and performing a dance. And uh he said, Do you know about that? I said, Yes, uh, some of us do and some of us uh, are against it and and, and and saying stuff and he was he chased me uh what I was saying and um uh, Obviously, they're very much uh, assimilated, whatever their circumstances are, into America. They they want to expose the evils in their country. And um, yet they were showing the old dances that the communist Chinese guard wiped out when the cultural revolution. And I thought that was so interesting. You know, I didn't have any problems seeing um, dances from their country from 1,000 years ago or whatever, I think it's fascinating we get to learn from other people, and I don't have a problem eating different cultural foods and different things. It's For me, it's simply about um, them following the, the Constitution the Bill of Rights the Declaration of Independence.
7: Other than that,
4: I don't have an issue with... Uh, Learning and sharing and being part of and being friends with. That's all I got to (laughs) say.
3: Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, bring things uh, back to you, Gene. But first, uh, Sally, I just want to let you know I see uh, your American Statesman there on Blog Talk Radio. And I uh, am now following the show. Uh, and if you'd like to follow Bart's Logic, of course, you are welcome to do so. And so, uh, folks, just you know, check out uh, her show as well. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to you,
0: Uh Yes, I found it uh, very interesting, like Susan, I, I've worn quite a bit. And then I also the Idahoans are good people, so I'm not that far away from them. I think and that's I about love, all I have on my mind right now.
1: Robert, Doctor Tober, can I make comment about Florida in regards to Idaho and how there's a parallel uh, yeah.
0: happening?
2: Okay,
1: the
0: no, of course. Of well, certainly, yeah, you're the, the you're the, you're the guest. You have
3: uh, precedence uh, uh, among anybody on the show tonight. <laughs> yeah. and, and my
1: my comment is the state of Florida opened up a mosque at the Orlando airport to allow. The Muslims to come in and to have a room of worship, and it was paid for by the state of Florida, uh, a group of individuals, and Sally and I and a group of us came against this and we fought against it because they took two hundred fifty thousand dollars of the Florida's money and put it in there, but they would not open a facility for the veterans. And I'm also a veteran. I write articles on veterans. There's also the issue in Orlando, where Orlando has decided that they wanted foreign nationals, mainly the Muslims and people from Syria, to come in work at Disney World. So if we're going to boycott people, we need to boycott the state of Florida that it has. And I'm from Florida, and I'm running for U.S. Senate. But here <laughs> we have, and here we have a governor who has allowed, uh, and believe it or not. Florida now has the largest group of Muslims coming in, regardless of what you hear from Governor Scott, and that's easy to
2: research and that find out about. Lot.
1: But we're 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 having this problem across the United States. It's not just Idaho or the the state of Florida, but it's a problem across the state where we've allowed the Mus- the Muslim Brotherhood and other groups of individuals to come and take American jobs. What they did. People that were making $150,000 were fired, and they hired people for $60,000 that came from overseas to take these jobs, and they forced the people that were making $150,000 to train the people that were making $60,000. So there's, again, we go into this culture diversity. We go into what we're doing. We go into the Constitution And so this all really comes back together that if a group of individuals, regardless of their culture, come into America and violate an American citizen's rights, is that correct? And what are we going to do as American citizens to protect our culture and the U.S. Constitution? And that's what the show is about. Does anybody like to comment on that?
7: Well, I, I have, a, I can definitely add to yeah, it. we'll bring it back I to you,
0: Gene, and we'll bring in Nathan. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, it sounds like a lot of things that are going on. I don't think they're right that we're uh, we're discriminated against, just the regular American people, whoever they may be.
1: Well, we are when we we fire an American citizen and give the job to a foreign national because they'll work for less money who is not a U.S. citizen or a legal immigrant? We're bringing them in under the policy. What do they call that, Sally? When they brought that 250,000 uh, people in?
7: It was all through the H-1B visa program to bring in the the foreign labor. Uh, they they make half the money. It's, it's disgusting. I, I've worked in IT for many years, so I know I've I've dealt with it firsthand. And I went out and met with the, the, the IT people, and I met with the attorney who's taken the, the class action suit against Disney. And um, just, you know, I personally tell people I, I wouldn't go to Disney. You know, and people say, well, I, I, yeah, I live right here in central Florida. I'm not going to go to Disney. I'm not going to support people that trash Americans. It's Americans first for a change. You know, it's just it's, at some point we have to take care of our own. I am a strong believer that charity begins at home, and you got to take care of your own people first before you try to help others. It's just – it's absolutely ridiculous that we sell out the American people. And, you know, um, just one quick thing, something that Susan had mentioned earlier. Obviously, I don't dislike people of Idaho. That's not the point. However, it it is the – the <laughs> It's those in charge, those who are leading Idaho who are saying, you know, we don't really care about the rest of you out there. We're going to take care of our special interests first. And the only way I can fight that is by not participating in it. And that's why I reached out to the potato growers, the Idaho Potato Commission. Because I think if they realize they're hurting their own business, they might say, "Wait a minute, maybe we should rally around Americans once again in America." Some people, and, but I, I would tell people not to go to Disney, and I, I have done that. I put it out there: don't support people or organizations or whatever it may be that are hurting this country. And, uh, I just there's believe this, America yeah. will come first. Yeah, well,
4: Tim is the bigger <laughs> potato grower. Of course, well, he's dead now, but uh, there. I'm upset with them because many of them have, have signed on to throwing their potatoes GMO. So yeah. I'm not real thrilled about that.
1: Yeah, isn't, isn't Sally also the Department of Transportation and the toll booth operators owned by foreign nationals and the money's not coming in in the proper manner? Isn't that also a violation?
7: Oh, yeah. I mean, we, Centra is, is the foreign corporations that own a lot of the toll roads to begin with. They come in, and um, they they go out there, and they pretend to be helping out while they make make money. They get subsidies from the state, and then when they go bankrupt, the, the people have to pick up the pieces and pay for it anyway. And, and then in the case of Florida, what they're doing with our Interstate 4 here, it's two foreign corporations, who are the um, what they refer to as the equity members or equity partners, who are going to be making a lot of the money as the concessionaires, as they call it. Federal and state tax dollars are paying still two thirds of this deal, but they're going to they're, these other people are going to be making the money. And to take it to another level, these two foreign corporations, incorporated in the state of Delaware, to do business in Florida, so that they could get more tax breaks. You know, if I could get all these tax breaks <laughs> they give to everybody else. You know, it'd be really nice, but they play all these games, and it's all against the people. And you know, the next time you hear Governor Jeb, John Ellis Bush, out there, or any of them talk about that they lowered taxes in Florida, no, they didn't. They they just did a bait <laughs> and switch kind of thing, where they increase it by the tolls and everything else. They increase so many t- taxes every place else that Florida's not the low tax place. People try to say it is. It's just despicable what they do. And at some point, Americans got to start protecting themselves because nobody else is.
1: And and that's one of the purpose of the show tonight, Robert, is that we need to know that the cultures that are being impacted in America are being impacted from a federal and government level for income and not to protect the Constitution. Florida is actually violating the Constitution that they can't have a business the outside of a government agency controlling and operating, and then they're bringing in foreign nationals to take over jobs, and then you have the problem mm-hmm. of English only, the fact that the primaries are supposed to be open, not closed primaries under the Constitution, and there's so many violations of the Constitution. So what I wanted to do tonight is to inform and bring the people into the fact that your community is being taken away from you by the federal government by allowing immigrants to get better care and services than your american population i've traveled through the state of florida i see more homeless americans than i do of any other group of individuals in america
3: well yeah that's a shame And so let's go ahead and open up the line for Gene. But before that, real quick, Gene, uh, we've got about 10 minutes before we go into the extended period uh, in which we will only be on the recorded part of the show. Now, all of it will be part of our podcast for those who would like to listen to that who cannot uh, participate in the last hour of the show. Uh, But the rest of it will be available in the archive or the podcast, that will be available shortly after the show. And a couple things, if you are new here uh, and you want to follow the show and get some email that way, just push the uh, little follow button you see there on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you could do it that way. Um, also, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just a couple ways to do that. The easiest way is to go to the website. Uh, but you can also go on Facebook and just put it in the search engine the Bard's Logic Political Talk, and you can see the uh, Facebook page as well as a little group that we have there on Facebook as well. Uh, Check that out. Uh, And also uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter as well uh, there, so if you'd like to do it that way. And uh, if you're going to call in, uh, call in between the next nine minutes at 347-945-7428. Uh, and then we will get you onto the show if you push the one on your number dial, and so also of course, as uh, had on the contact page, the email letter that I sent out to folks on the Bards logic little talks email list, and if you'd like to add that and I'd appreciate it if you did, put that letter to your email list. And send it to your friends so they can uh listen to the podcast and hopefully uh join us here on the show and subsequent shows as well. Uh that'd be great. And so let's go ahead and bring it uh back to you, Nathan. Uh Nathan, I've got your mic open, you go ahead.
5: Okay, hey, uh just sitting here listening to all this. I'm gonna tell you one thing we need to we need to get in our minds. Uh what where what all these problems are coming from is we've been taught that uh all elections, all politics are local, but that's not true. The stronghold is at the top. As long as we keep electing these same people, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be uh, citizen candidates that's going to go out there. In 2010, out of the 2009 Tea Party, there was more than 30,000 people running across the country for offices at all levels. And at the end of the day, other than a handful of them nationally, most of it was all the same Republicans and Democrats elected or reelected uh right now, there is fifteen hundred one thousand five hundred and eighteen people citizens registered to run for president and we all we hear about is uh the same same old names uh. But something else about this list, you can hear the politicians like Elizabeth Warren that keep saying, no, no, I'm, I haven't decided. She's already registered. All you got to do is go to the list and, and see. You can get all the paperwork, everything that she had to fill out to make it official. She just hasn't. So she's talking trash out of her mouth.
1: Yeah, and, and Nathan, I, and I agree that there is a a issue that the majority of the individuals of the 1500 that are running are actually independent and no party affiliated. And you know that I filed um, a petition against the department of justice and also the state EEO and the, uh, the uh, federal EEO uh, the fact that the no party affiliated independents are not getting an opportunity to have a voice in the multimedia And it is a problem. And Sally was going to make a point also on the issue that we were talking about earlier called public-private partnership. And before we get off the air, I'd like to have Sally talk a little more about that, too, because it also impacts the income and the job of the American people, which is going back into who has right over who and why should a foreign nationalist have a greater right than an already natural citizen of America.
5: Okay, if you can, just go ahead and mute me again. I want to sit and listen.
3: Okay, and we can can definitely do that. Uh, And we definitely have time for that uh, as well, uh, Dr. Colbert, because, you know, it is a three-hour show, uh, or about two hours of 59 minutes to be exact. (laughs) So So we have plenty of time left. Uh, to have uh, Sally discuss that as we bring things back around on our roundtable discussion. And so with uh, that being said, let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to you, Kelly.
6: Well, we've gotten really intense, so I have to tell a little story about Idaho. <clears throat> of course, you know I joke around. So Mr. Potato, his uh, <clears throat> apartment manager, found out that he was uh, gay, so he immediately evicted Mr. Potato. And now, Mr. Potato is a homeless vegetable. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so, anyway, um, yeah, all this political correctness. Um, gosh, my uncle, who is brilliant, he said this is going to destroy the country. And maybe it's a strategy they have to use clandestinely, instead of being in the open. Oh, something about being in the open. In the open, people like it. When people don't like it, your ideas, you have to do subversive things, like bring in, you know, millions of illegals to help the Democrats because the Democrats just, you know, sorry, we don't like your ideas, but by the way, I'm libertarian. Anyway, I wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit, um, since we have Dr. Tolbert here, Uh, I want to give you a reference, if you will, from my own studies of history. And that has to do with the French, okay? And cultures and constitutions and the rise and fall of nations. Um, You know, I I study history because it's fascinating, and history does not repeat itself, but human behavior does. Um, The French, how how many constitutions have the French had? You know, 2, 4, 6, 10, 12, just guess how many constitutions they've had. 15? 15? The French have had 12 constitutions. What happened was in the 1790s, they're like, oh, look, the American colonies are firing their king. Yeah, let's fire our king. And then you had the reign of terror and 15,000 people got killed and this ugly thing, and so then they tried to have a constitution in two, three, four. Next thing you know, they're at 12 constitutions, 12. I guess in France you could say the constitution du jour. And so it's it's fundamental to see how a culture responds to a constitution. And the French people, they just, I don't know what their problem was, they just couldn't get it right. Our our culture Mostly from the British system and the British law system You know, Blackstone's commentaries on the British law And the idea of the, the law above government uh, Set well with our founders And it's still surviving to this day But when you bring in different cultures Legal or illegal They may have no respect of the Constitution like the French And by the way, one of our most corrupt states is Louisiana I wrote a book in calls from all over the country and everybody claims their their state is the most corrupt. Well, Louisiana, I I would believe, is a winner. And that's a French-based culture. Because um, French, you know, Louisiana purchased, yeah, we just wanted the state, but we got the whole thing for, I don't know, 15 cents an acre. But that whole culture is just, they they seem to lack morality and there's a lot of corruption. So that's just one culture as a reference. And so when you consider your studies, which I applaud you for, uh, Dr. Tolbert, when you consider your studies of different cultures and how the constitution will be dewatered, uh denutered and even just um uh it was a good idea, you know, in the seventeen hundreds, but it doesn't apply today. That's when America through multiculturalism is really gonna go in a downfall. Um am, am, I, am and I Kelly real
3: quick to... Kelly real quick you got about ninety seconds so I see some uh New folks uh, in the chat and out there listening elsewhere, uh, if you'd like to call in, you need to call us in the next minute at 347-945-7428, where your audio will cut off and you'll miss the extended period of the show. Of course, uh, the show in its entirety will be available to the podcast, but if you'd like to listen in or even chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Thank you very much, Kelly. I had to do that uh, program. No, go ahead. Okay, that's fine. Housekeeping.
6: So, yeah, um, Dr. Tolbert, I guess, am I beginning to get your message that certain cultures, um, although they may be great, wonderful people, they're just not getting the idea of the Constitution? Is is that one of your themes tonight?
1: Yeah, well, of course it is. And, you know, what you're saying is in 1791, the French wrote their first Constitution. It was short-lived under the monarchy, and then in 1958... You know, the French tried to change their constitution to be more in line with the world power. And then, of course, we then went into the Euro, where everybody joined together and violated all the European constitutions. And they had the governors coming together, and now we're looking at certain countries wanting to leave the Euro in order to bring back the constitution. Whereas what we're finding under the Illuminatis and the Jesuits, that if we had one currency— under uh, the United Nations that we would then not have any culture at all of America or freedom. So what's happening is the assimilation of cultures in America in order to take you to one world power under a socialist realm. So, yeah, if you look at it and you look at all the countries, their constitutions, their dictatorships, the drug lords, uh, the rebellions, the fact that wars are paid for, by people who are benefiting financially, and that if I can destroy the American culture and if I can destroy the foundation of America, I take it over as one world power. So if you're asking me how that all fits together, it fits together with the fact that if we allow America to continue to dilute the U.S. Constitution by allowing different cultures to come in, we are not going to have an America. You know, as you know, the United States of America is a corporation owned by 10 square miles by the British banking system after the Civil War. So there is no such thing as United States of America. The federal government, in fact, has taken over illegally and dominates the the states where the Obamas have made a comment that we're a democracy, where, in fact, we're a republic and a federalism. So if we get into historical data of the Constitution of other countries, it's impact. What we're finding is new countries that are now forming the Constitution are following the U.S. Constitution, and they are, in fact, more adhering to the Constitution of the United States than the United States itself is. And these foreign countries are finding by using the, the format of the United States Constitution, they are becoming productive, and the United States is becoming a third-world country. So are we going to allow culture diversity to change America where we become a socialist country, and that's where we're heading? And it's because we're allowing things to happen. Wow. Well, let me let me ask
6: you this question. Um Okay so abroad like China for example are using capitalistic communist um not communist capitalistic and constitutional principles and they're doing you know pretty well but here in this country cultural diversity is you know through immigration is really hurting us here's my question do you see um or do you believe okay in your opinion do you believe that Immigration is uh, the number one future f- threat, the number one future threat to our Constitution.
1: If you're asking me, is the way we are handling immigration by allowing the federal government to control it illegally? Absolutely. If you're asking me if we make it a state issue as per the Constitution, that anyone coming into a state must file a petition afterwards spend seven years within that state and be of good character, not send any money abroad, not get any uh outside assistance from the federal or state government uh, that the communities again take charge that we set restrictions on big businesses we don't let foreign powers come in that we eliminate the i r s we go to consumer fair. Taxes, we follow the Constitution as far as the banking system. You close down the Federal Reserves. Uh, You coin the dollars according to the Constitution. Uh, If you're asking me, has the immigration of allowing the large number of Hispanics from Cuba and other countries come in, but now allowing and giving the same credit to the Europeans, such as the Germans, the French, the English, uh, even Canada? Uh, Yeah, we're we're actually going to destroy America. And the intent of the Jesuits, the intent of the Pope, if anybody wants to get into that conversation with me, and the Illuminatis and the Masons is to destroy America and to put us into a faction of war against countries. We're spending $9 out of every $10 spent in Syria is coming out of U.S. taxpayers. So there's a Mm -hmm. lot of factors involved that far surpass what we're talking about tonight. I mean, I can get into a lot of issues that are impacting. So everything we talk about, about culture diversity and assimilation of these cultures, is all coming down to the fact that if I can destroy the Constitution, if I can destroy the fact that we're a republic and a federalism, and I'm going to sit there as a president of the United States, and be on television and tell you about a democracy which is totally wrong under the Constitution. If I'm going to sit there and tell you that I'm going to allow all the Muslims to come in, and there was actually 100 Muslim people that wanted to come in from Syria, three of them were Christians, 90-some of them were actually Muslims from Syria, they turned back the three Christians and allowed 90 some muslims to come in through the president's program which is totally illegal so are we letting cultures such as any culture and it's not just the caribbean which my paper is written on and the hispanic and for me to take a paper and cover every culture would have been quite a task in itself because it, there's a lot of diversion you know i have a son that was born in germany and he's an American natural citizen because of the fact I was a military person at the time of his birth. So one parent could be a have a child overseas if they were part of an embassy or of uh, the military, and that child would be an American citizen. And this is what happened with McCain. McCain had two parents. He was born in Panama. He became an American citizen. You go there to to, to uh, Romney. Romney's parents were both natural citizens. He was born in Mexico. He was authorized. Rubio in nineteen seventy one was born. His parents don't become a US citizen until nineteen seventy four. So by law, he was never a naturalized citizen. He never filed for naturalized citizen. He's not even eligible to run for the Senate, and yet he's a Senate running for president. Same thing with Cruz. Uh, uh. We can get into a lot of different conversations about Constitution. Wow.
3: Go ahead. Sounds like they're just wow. running uh, right over it.
6: No, I I, no, I like this guy. Let him keep talking. I'm, I'm just like, you know, I feel so alone. I would like
4: some of this info.
6: Yeah, you know, I, I, I feel so alone understanding the principles that you espouse, which I've already learned. I feel alone at times. And I'm not feeling so lonely anymore. I mean, it's just, why are Americans not studying some of these basic principles that made our country great? It's so frustrating.
1: And and your answer, again, is because your multimedia is owned by the Democrat and Republican parties. The Sun Sentinel told me they would not allow me to make a comment or a a written statement on their uh, newspaper because I was no party affiliated. We filed uh, charges against the state of Florida for allowing Rubio to even be on the ballot since he's not a natural citizen and he's taking money in for donations. We filed charges against the uh, Supreme Court. We filed charges uh, and and we're being totally ignored. Yet we have a right to a citizen to go directly to the Supreme Court. But when you write to the Supreme Court, they say, well, you have no rights. You've got to go to the lower court. Well, that's not true. As a citizen, if you have a question or a complaint against a state, you have a right to go directly to the Supreme Court. So a lot of people, and I, I run into and I talk to hundreds and hundreds of people a day. And when I ran for governor, I talked to a million people. Fox News had me at 1.4 million people one week before the elections. We end up with 82 votes, Miss Timmons and myself. We ended up with the only 82 votes because 10 states, your voting machines are owned by Romney. So you want to know about culture mm-hmm. diversity? You want to know about political problems? Look at the fact American people aren't being taught because the only thing you get is blog talk radio. You get a blog. We have a half a million people. We're pushing 600,000 people that we teach daily on our website, not counting wow. Facebook. Uh, we sent out uh, to Fox News, to to the um, Times, to the Tribune, to the Wall Street Journal, articles of impeachment uh the articles of violations of immigrations of of the um of romney running after we sent the paperwork to the state of texas five lawsuits were filed against cruz for not being an american citizen there's 10 lawsuits against rubio have is it a coincidence that we wrote these articles common core i have a doctorate degree in education 2010 i showed how bill Gates, GE. Uh, these other companies were supporting Common Core for a socialist reason. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we, we
1: went after the federal government. We we put a writ of mandate. I had Miss Timmons, when she was working for me as my lieutenant governor, filed six or seven writs of mandate against the state of Florida, the federal government, uh, upon my request and that she do certain things. Um, we're very actively involved, uh, but are we going to be heard because we're no party? Well, the EEO says that even though we went for a job um, as the federal uh, state or for the state governor, uh, that they can only come out or help you if you were going to job for cooperation. I said, well, excuse me, the state of Florida is a cooperation. The United States of America is a cooperation. If you deny me my rights as a natural citizen, to be employed because I'm a no party affiliation you have violated my constitutional rights this is where the culture problems are coming in who is sponsoring the hispanic people if i told you it was the catholic church and if i told you the catholic church under the jesuits were sponsoring the hispanic church of the hispanic people to come in here because they lost 60% all of their congregation They needed to build up America Catholics again by bringing Hispanics in so they can refinance what they're doing under the United Nations. People would laugh at you, but it's happening.
6: Wow. No,
4: I wouldn't laugh at you.
1: Wow. Well, I'm not a fan of
6: the Catholic Church system. I know some really amazing, awesome uh, Catholic people that have a very good faith, but the system of the Catholics is just, wrought with
1: um, subtle deception. Okay, I'll just get it out there. Um, well, I'm, I'm just... the Pope, The Pope's even concerned himself that he's going to be assassinated by the Jesuits because of the, some of the things that he's doing up until nineteen. Well, oh, the Pope is a Jesuit. Say again?
4: The Pope is a Jesuit.
1: Well, actually, there's two sides of a Jesuit. There's the Jesuits that control the Catholic Church, and then there's the Catholic Church. You have to understand there is a separation between the two, and what's happening is that the the Jesuits are dictating to the Catholic Church what they're going to be doing. The Jesuits are the group that owns the Federal Reserves in America, and so there is a separation, but they have power over the nation of the Catholic Church in Rome. So you have to remember, we talked about this the other day, there are actually three nations you don't even know about, there We talked uh, Monday that there's the London City, um, rather than you think of London, but you don't think there's a city. Well, it's one square mile. It's the same as the Vatican. The Vatican has its own square miles. So it's the same as the, the Washington, D.C. These three are sovereigns, which are actually controlling every facet of what's going on in the world today, which is going into one world power. My comment gets back into the fact that the culture diversity in America in the days when we had the Europeans coming in, when we had the Chinese coming in, when we had all these people coming in, it was to build up industry and make America a world power. Today, the purpose of the cultures coming in is to destroy the culture of America, to make us a service country, and to not allow us to have the power that we had as the military might, educational forces and everything else that we were doing. So this is the, this is what's happening in America today.
4: Maybe well, you got some good info on it. Uh, being a seventh day Adventist, we have studied about the Catholic Church and it was written about in our first history and Mrs. White wrote about them very heavily and very extensively. And I knew about the Black Pope and all the stuff behind it in history and how they persecuted. And um, the Titanic was taken down by the Jesuits.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the Catholic Church and Hitler were very closely tied together during that. And then we talked yes. about this. He was Catholic. Before. He was Catholic. Yeah. Right. And Ford Motor Company actually provided all the motors for the uh, tanks in Hitler's army. And AT&T provided all the communication. We had Arnold on the show uh, uh, Monday with Sally, and we were getting into the conversation that a lot of people aren't fully in knowledge or know about what really is going on in the world today.
3: Speaking of Sally, let's go ahead and uh, bring bring her back into the roundtable discussion. Go ahead, Sally.
7: Oh, geez, where do we begin here? <laughs> <laughs> we, we've allowed our, the I, we, we've allowed the the culture to be taken over. I mean, it's I, I say we have the massive we have a major major identity crisis. People don't really know what it means to be an American anymore. Somehow, you know, you're not allowed to have uh, be an American because that means you're discriminating against somebody else. You know, if if people want to come to America for all the right reasons, then they will they will come and they will be Americans. You know, this idea of dividing us all over the place. Uh, People who have never uh, read President George Washington's Farewell Address, you really need to go read it. It's not very long, and you'll probably need to read it several times to really absorb it. And you will see so many things that we are facing today, and so much of it came down to political parties. They will divide us. They will usurp the will of the people for the will of a party. And then they will say other factions. Factions and associations will divide us they will do everything they can to divide. It's conquer and divide. United we stand, divided we fall. It's really not that complicated of what's happening today. It's it's history repeating itself in so many ways. But, see, at one time, you know, the whole idea of uh, freedom of the press, and, of course, when we're talking about freedom of the press is being able, uh, able to read whatever you want, freedom of speech, these were all things that uh, empowered the mind, You know, the people actually, the American people had a brain and they used it. Well, right now, if you ask most, they can tell you everything about football, but don't ask them anything about the Constitution. I mean, truly, how much do you think Donald Trump really knows the Constitution? (laughs) You know, seriously. So we've got to get back to what it means to be an American. I don't think most people even know. And we've allowed our country to be invaded, and we've allowed the people, and the system has gotten so corrupt. I, I really, I we talk about it time and time again on the show. Is what is it going to take? Do we have to have a true second revolution? And I mean, I myself, I have asked people and said, if I could get the people out there together to do it, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. Say, okay, Americans, will the real Americans, please stand up. And by the way, don't go to work today. Don't do. Don't don't do anything. You know, we can shut down this government very easily. We don't have to have a bunch of morons and the district of criminals up there to do it for us. We can shut this thing down and we can take it back. But we all have to stand together. You can't. One person can't do it alone. Uh, the other thing I want to mention real quick is um, Dr. Tolbert brought it up. The public-private partnerships. <laughs> there can be nothing more anti-American than the public-private partnership. It is a massive collusion of the government and the private sector. And, you know, it's uh, when it comes to transportation, massive public-private partnerships out there all over the place. And it's a way for them to hide the money off the books. They act like it's a liability they don't have. And there's articles out there, the Indiana Toll Road, is there's good information. I happen to be, um, well, transportation is one of my pet peeves, and how they're trying to take that away from us now, too they want to control us on a bus or a train or whatever else they want. They want to take away your personal rights to travel and they're making it so cost prohibitive while they go out there and do it for foreign corporations to make them money. I mean, there's just so many things they're doing to destroy this country and the American people are sitting there letting it happen. At some point, you either, you know, move it or lose it. Can I
6: throw out something about this Google um, travel thing? (sighs) I'm able to see things miles ahead of other people who are, only looking in front of their feet. Imagine a world where Google has control over how you drive. This is Alex Jones and other people, and he didn't like cite this because of thin air. He looked at an MIT study. Okay, so we have these self self driven cars by Google. All right. Well, what happens if you combine that with the database? I know it's a little bit radical, but I'll just I'll call it. All right. Combine with the database, oh, this person loves liberty and the Constitution. Oh, whoops, he hit a tree. Oh, well, you know, we don't know how this happened. You know, next thing you know, hundreds of people driving their cars, going to a Tea Party meeting or a Liberty meeting or a Freedom Forum.
0: <laughs>
6: um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if she's still listening. All right, they just hit a tree. All these people end up dead. Oh, we're so sorry. You know, we we still got to work out the problem. If you can control people's transportation... And divert your opposition subtly into a tree. You have enormous political power, and it, it, it's okay. We look at world history, you know. Political power is by a, a, the sword. Who had the biggest army? Okay, and then became who had the biggest guns and the most guns? Okay, that was the British. Fine. But people figured it out pretty quick, and 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 the powers that be realized they had to go with subtleties. Subtleties this, subtleties that. Oh, what do you know? The key witness to Waco had a heart attack. Just just happened to have a heart attack. It was really M16. That was the flashes. It wasn't this aluminum, off-the-sun baloney. He just happened. To, I was living in the same town as him, by the way, when, when he had, died of a heart attack. So there has to be these absolute subtle techniques to take out your opposition, because the American people have figured it out. What a brilliant way with self driving cars that run into trees. Oh, well, you know, another Patriot ran into a tree. Oh, well, you know, a whole list of Patriots are just running into trees and killing themselves. No, it was, you see what I'm saying? It's technocracy yeah. rising. Technocracy well, rising, if you've heard that guy. It's absolutely oh, stunning yeah. and it's frightening.
7: Oh, yeah, technocracy. The smart technology is not what we want. I try to tell people, just like smart growth. Smart growth was supposed to save the planet and make life wonderful and all this other stuff. Smart growth is really stupid. Smart technology is really dangerous. It's it's stupid, too. But you, you can't keep giving away your rights for somebody else to control everything you do and to monitor everything you do. That's not what, that's not what mm-hmm. the industry is all about. Uh, but and, but that we're definitely moving that way. And I'm myself, but oh, yeah. I want to have my own personal travel without it that's being monitored. <laughs> Now, this is Dr. Tobert. I want to
1: interject there because people don't know. The federal government paid several million dollars to several universities to put smart uh, devices, and they're also being done by insurance companies to track your car and what it's doing. And you think you're getting a discount on your insurance because of safe driving, but it's really a federal plan to take you where you're going to get taxed for mileage. Four of your states. Oh, yeah. Is that that uh,
3: progressive it.
1: Click, click it thing or whatever? That's correct. That's one of them. But what's happened, there's actually four universities in four states that are passing a law in 2018. Not only will you pay taxes on your gasoline, not only will you pay toll taxes, but you will also pay mileage tax. Now, the key behind this is the federal government going back to what you just said, being able to track you. The whole purpose of going against your rights to be on the highway, the fact that you're not supposed to really have a driver's license, it's a violation of the Constitution. The fact is that you're not supposed to have to pay a toll, and the federal highways were only instituted for the movement of military and never meant for the purpose of commerce. There were so many things that are being done, and we're moving to the next step, that every car has got a tracking device in it, these tracking devices is going to let you do exactly what you say. Wherever Dr. Tolbert goes, the NSA is tracking his telephone. Wherever Dr. Tolbert drives, the NSA now has a tracking device in my 2015, Mm -hmm. 2016. So there is no more freedom in America, and all of this is happening to us, and people are not even aware of it.
6: Well, yeah, it, it's frustrating. I, I want to throw this out. I'm, I'm, I have a degree or two in civil engineering, and the your regular car, you go to work, you go to the grocery store, or the movie theater, or whatever. The amount of wear you put on the road is like 0.001 percent. It's ridiculous. the the, the wear The real wear and tear on a road is the 18 kip semi axle of a semi truck. That's what grades down the road more than the cars. Don't even like. It's like it's a joke. But they want to put a mileage task while you're you, – people are going to buy it. They're going to buy that, oh, oh gee, I don't want to wear it on the road, so I'll get this device and pay my tax. Really? Point, oh, 1%. It's, it, 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 the deception is ad nauseum to get us to do things, to give up our liberty. And, of course, you got information, information age, you know. Again, back to technocracy rising. i got a buddy. He's taking a college class now. Long story, he's taking a college class. And one of the professors, this is business law, what's the point of a constitution in government? I'm like, oh, I'm going to answer this question. Maybe your professor can look at my answer. No, I'm not submitting that. You know why? Because I do not want colleges, which would turn this over to the federal government, to, to have a profile on me. I can't believe the information they're extracting from people through college the Obama bill to go to college, oh, you get lots of money, and then they get to understand how you think by your papers. Wait, this is business this is law. Yeah. I'm talking about the Constitution. It's like, what's going on here? It's information extraction. It is unbelievable. And they'll figure out who is for their new world order, who is against it. Technocracy rising. It's unbelievable that. I, I I fell into this for a little bit, and I'm like, I ain't giving him my paper.
2: It, it, you know, my buddy,
6: he, he figured it out right away. He says, oh, the, the real trick is just to give him the answer he wants It doesn't display that I know about the Constitution deeply, and I love it, and it's frightening. Think about how many kids went to college under this Obama Pell Grant, whatever thing it was, and now the federal government has files assuming the Pell Grants and professors turn this paper into some database where they record everything. I mean, we're getting to the point where, of course, you got the rewards card. Go to the hardware store. Do you have an ACE rewards card? No. I go to the convenience store. Do you have a rewards card? No. Why not? I don't want people to know what I'm buying. So you can have this database, not just your criminal record, but what you like to buy, what you like to read, what your opinion is in a college class. Information ad nauseum, and they can figure out, you know, you get your credit rating. It, 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 they have so much information on people that is point blank frightening. And they will pretty soon be able to figure out. I mean, I, Adolf Hitler would be salivating like a kid in a candy store at the technology we have that can be used against people who oppose Hitler. It's frightening.
1: Yeah, and of course this all goes back to Common Core, and I wrote an article on it, how Common Core and the uh, GE and uh, the uh, Democratic Party and how back in the 1940s and how communists actually started uh, Common Core uh, socialism and how uh, Bill Gates got behind it in order to take it to a different level. And so this all ties back in together of the government uh, Dumbing you down. Uh, This is part of why they don't want you to know the Constitution. This is why lawyers are no longer taught the Constitution in law school. uh, This is why students going through college have no idea what the Constitution is. They think they do, but they're not given the full extent of it. So, all of this is about the fact that if we can change the way we think or the culture of America, we can make America part of one world power, and this is the whole purpose of understanding diversity of culture. You have to have the diversification of culture, and that culture has to all support the United States Constitution.
6: E pluribus one, or e pluribus unum, out of many one. What bound in, in the start of a country, the 1800s, middle of the 1900s? What bound us? It was an ideal which was the Constitution. It's that simple. But whoever wants to control the world for their dictatorship, they've got to go and just shred the Constitution. <clears throat> they've got to shred it. It is unbelievable the massive fight we're in. And, and the challenge is, how do we help other people understand understand that we are at war? It's a subtle war, very subtle, very clandestine but how do we people? How do we help people understand
1: this? By doing what we're doing on this show, uh, I will get a copy of this archives. It'll be in front of a million people within 24 hours. Uh, we can only hope that God, with His multiple factor, that if one hears it, two will hear it, four will hear it, eight will hear it, sixteen. Uh, I'm looking at three to four thousand more people tonight seeing what we're doing. Uh, We continue to bring forth the information to the American people. We get on the street. Uh, We talk to them at stores. We talk to them uh, on the highways. Uh, We we let them know one by one. We bring them to uh, Robert's show. We bring them to Sally's show. We make them part of the audience. Uh, We write it. Uh, I request documents from people. I post their documents On our website, I give them credit for what they write. Uh, There's just numerous ways we can take America back. And whether people believe it or not, one person can make a difference. But you've got to be that one person.
6: One person affecting 5, 10, 20 friends who might affect 3 or 4 more who help them understand that their thinking has been... Implanted by deception. Here's the truth.
1: Wow, what you're saying makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it a fact that they say if you know one person, that person knows ten people, and one of those ten people know you?
6: Oh yeah, it, it's. Well, what right. I what I find what I find is, you know, when waking people up to the matrix, the powers that be, I throw a little gentle thing in, and then I completely back off, let them think about it. I throw another one in and all of a sudden they start making sense of the world. And then they're coming to me and it's a therapy session. It's a therapy session where I listen to all that they've discovered and I just listen, listen, listen. And listening to them, they are empowered to go back out and fight. And, you know, one by one, that's how we win people over. And this is a person-to-person level and it's so fundamental in how we help people
1: understand they've been so deceived. Right. And, you know, and the deception starts with the press and the television. That's where deception starts at. So, how do we get, and this is one of Sally's big keys, is that why are we watching a football game instead of being involved in helping and saving our country? Why are we spending hours listening to people that are not doing us any good? Why are we not asking the government, why isn't this individual being allowed to speak? Uh, why does the state of Florida and other states not recognize? If you looked at the state of Florida now for the U.S. Senate, they would tell you there's only four people running for the U.S. Senate in Florida, yet there are over 10 people actually running. If you talk to Nathan, you will find there's over 1,800 people running for the United States president. How do we tell the American people? Well, when I'm in public, I tell 50 people. Go on the web and search all 1,800 people. Find a candidate that is not a Democrat or a Republican and find out if he's qualified or she's qualified and vote for that person. Do not believe that your vote doesn't count. Your vote does count. You just have to force it to happen. We just fouled against the state of Florida for, for uh, uh, voters' fraud, election fraud. Will they pay attention to us? No. Can we do it? Well, guess what? There are 19 million people in Florida, 11.9 million voters. What if the 62% of independents filed a do- document saying there's voter fraud? You think it's not going to have an impact? Of course it's going to have an impact. But we've got to get out and tell the people that there is voter fraud. We've got to tell them that Romney owns the voting machines and that when the button was pressed, Romney changed the votes. For where Charlie Chris lost, whether he was good or bad, is not relevant, that I lost 1.4 million votes, and Scott won only because it was a coercion between Scott and Chris because Chris got paid off to lose the election. So American people know that. That's your, my, Sally, and Roberts, and, and Ed's, and yours, Kelly, and, and Nathan. That's our responsibility as individuals.
6: Wow. Well, that's one of the reasons why I'm on the board with Watch the Vote 2016. We are trying to get into Iowa and report. We were the ones that caused the Republican Party to switch the winner from Romney to actually. It was Santorum that won, and we knew it ahead of time. And these electronic election machines are really frightening. The second Mm the vote been turned into an electron, it is subject to manipulation. And you cannot touch it by a a court case because the Supreme Court has ruled, oh, their computer code is um, intellectual property like a patent. So you can't look at the code. So in other words, they have free reign to manipulate votes however they want, put their people in. That's why we have to go back to simply hand-counted ballots. It, It is unbelievable that we have allowed this, but it's happening and we have got to stand up because all of our activism, so much so. So what if we study the Constitution? So if we study history, the truth, the principles of liberty that are in our heart. So what? If they can change our vote electronically, we're done as a nation.
3: That's yeah, that's right. true. And I've, uh, right. a couple of things. One, kind of the, the, the backtrack a little bit. Uh, when you're talking earlier, it reminds me of the this, uh, Star Trek and folks you know. I'm a real big Star Trek fan, especially the original series. Uh, whereas in a, an episode uh, called Mirror Mirror, uh, Spock said to uh, to Kirk, he said, "One man cannot sum the future, but one man can change the present." And then Kirk uh, replied that in every revolution, there's one man with a vision. And so I uh, that, that kind of reminded me there uh, <laughs> on that episode that you guys were talking about, folks. And I agree. And I think uh, Jim Collins Jr. Oh, yeah. was had him on the show a couple of times. Uh, to talk about, you know, the the voting machines and things of that nature. And I'd really like to get him uh, back on the show to talk about that, especially since, you know, we'll be coming up to another election year. I mean, I I I miss Chad. You know, I really do miss Chad. You know, hanging Chad. I mean, I wouldn't mind hanging out with Chad. Uh, So, you know, let's try to get Chad back so we can hang a little bit. And, you know, maybe that gives some cause to – you know, celebrate having Chad back. So let's bring this Chad back. Uh, what, What do you guys think? Yeah,
1: I actually have an article that I wrote on the voters fraud and Romney and the voting machines in India and who owns the voting machines. And I did a lot of research. I spent six months researching that particular issue. And it all goes back to the fact that the American people have no idea what's going on. They think when they vote, that they're actually voting for who they want to win, and they're not. And Nathan would get involved, that even in the primary races for the Senate with Rubio, and Nathan just challenged the state of Florida for voters fraud when Rubio became the senator, and that he, in fact, uh, didn't go through the proper process. So here's Nathan, a truck driver that's probably doing a lot more good than I and a lot of the other people. Uh, He brings the attention of of Cruz's voting uh, for gay judges or Cruz's family uh, being involved in the export-import business uh, going against the United States. So there's individuals all around what I'm doing and around what you're doing That even the 10% impact they're having is having a greater impact because they're influencing people like myself and other people to rethink their own position in order to better pursue uh, a correct America as written by our
0: forefathers.
3: And unfortunately, uh, after speaking to Nathan, we had on the line. uh, You know, we unfortunately lost uh, his line. His line dropped some time ago. Uh, but hopefully we'll be able to hear him on some subsequent shows. Are you still there? I'm here, but unfortunately Nathan uh, is not here any longer with us.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I kind of assumed that he would drop out because Nathan can be very dominating in a conversation, but he has a lot of things to say. And he is, to him and I were talking today that he challenged the state of Florida. He knows that I've challenged him on voter fraud, but he went back on Rubio and showing that Rubio did not have a uh, debate or a primary and they closed out the other candidates and intentionally uh, misled the American people and the people in Florida. And this guy gets elected that had no business even be elected. So we're seeing a mm-hmm. lot of things happening uh, in America, that no one is aware of, and and we support an individual. For example, we're going to support Cruz because he's a Christian. And I have people say, "Well, you know, I don't care if he's constitutionally correct or not. I believe in the Constitution, but he's a Christian, and nobody wants him because he's a Christian." And I say, "No, we don't want him because he's constitutionally not eligible to run." And I can give you the background and the theory behind that, but that would be a different subject because people might think because his mother was a U.S. citizen out of Delaware, and the fact that she went to uh, Canada, that still allowed him to be uh, a natural citizen. Well, that's not constitutionally correct. That would only be correct if she went there. They, the father and her were both U.S. citizens, or they went there under the facade of their military or of embassy. And that goes back to Cruz's own statement about you know, uh, McCain having two parents that were natural citizens and Romney having two parents. So that would contradict uh, both um, Obama, who everybody says was born in Hawaii and he had a mother. That would make him a citizen. Well, he wasn't born in Hawaii. He was born in Kenya, and that gets into a big thing again. Why does the one world power want certain individuals in power? Well, the Bush family was the money behind. The Obama's campaign because Obama's mother was related by seven generations to the Bush family, which was all part of the Masons. So there's your answer. Well, the,
6: your answer was also confirmed in Minor versus Um eighteen seventies, I think it was. Minor versus Happersett, right? Supreme Court already spoke. It's like, hello, yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't. I mean, download the case, read it. Boom. Oh, my gosh, Cruz is not eligible.
1: Well, we actually actually have that case on our website, and we, we quote that case along with other cases, and I think it's like my fourth article of immigration, naturalization, and rights of being president, and we actually quote nine different court cases showing that both parents must be citizens at the time of birth of the second child or the first child for that child to be a natural citizen and run for president. And they were very clear in the Constitution to protect us from a person whose loyalty was to another country. And we violated that every time we do anything anymore.
6: Yeah, it's very frustrating.
1: You want want to get back to another subject, uh, Robert, or what do you want to stay on?
3: Well, it looks like we only, unfortunately, have, have got a number of folks here on the line, about, you know, 10, maybe uh, 15 minutes, not quite 15, uh, before having to close things out, for uh, this evening, if you can imagine that, Uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, when you have fun, time flies, and so, I mean, besides myself, which, you know, I I don't want to have some closing comments, but... Uh, We'll have to do some things to close out the show. Uh, But we do have yourself and uh, three other people on the line. Uh, So for some closing comments, actually, uh, wait a minute, four people other than myself. (laughs) And so, I mean, other than you, Dr. Tolbert. So let's go ahead and get uh, everybody a couple minutes, maybe three minutes, for some closing comments. And unfortunately, i have to close things out. And so what we'll do is uh, we will... Start with you, Susan, and then we'll bring it to you, Sally, and then Jean, and then Kelly, and then Tolbert, and myself uh, closing things out. We just get about three minutes. You know, gosh, not even that. Maybe two uh, to get things uh, closed out. So we'll go ahead and start with you, Susan. Go ahead.
4: Um, well, I would like to get. I have a lot of information, but there's a lot of fighting in my group on this Ted Cruz and Rubio and who's eligible and who isn't. And, oh, my goodness. I mean, there was some nasty stuff. I mean, get a few <laughs> scurrying comments. Conservatives can be just as nasty as liberals when they're going at each other's throat about uh-huh. a topic. Ha, <laughs> Oh, boy, do I know that. You know, I run the group and I'm like, oh, God. Um... So, I would like to uh, get his information to be able to, and I don't know how he'd get it to me unless I give the email to him because he was talking about that. If he could send it to me.
3: You want to. Yeah, one way
0: to.
3: Go ahead, Susan. What?
0: Oh, well, yeah, if you, if you want to.
3: Yeah, if you don't want to give out your email, one thing we can do is uh, you can go to uh, to get to get the, her the information. You can go to the contact page on the Bards Logic Political Talk website, and you can send me a message with that information, and I could forward that over to you, uh, Susan. If you don't want to give uh, your email information over the air, uh, that's fine. They could just right. go to the contact page. The
4: I There's only a few people on there, so I don't mind giving my email on the air.
3: Well, yeah, um, on the line, but there'll be other, there be a lot of other folks uh, who aren't on the line who are well, listening yeah. in, both live and on the archive uh, as well. So that's a um, deal, of course. Oh yeah.
4: Okay, um, I will just. It's no, where it's on the media website is where I would post it or send it
3: to you or what? Well if anyone has any information on the uh you said with Rubio, what they could do is uh if they'd like to send it to me, they can send it uh to me uh through the contact page of uh dot okay. com. And yeah, they now I've got a, a contact page there where they can just put in uh, their contact uh information, send me a message uh, through the website, and then I can take that information and forward to you because I do have your oh, okay. uh, your personal email.
4: Yeah, I yeah, I, mainly the worst thing has been on Cruz, you know, on whether he is or not. We all know Rubio isn't if you're smart. But right, Cruz. Yeah, cause he's keys. he's
3: big.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and just adding to that, on my uh, website, there's the article: the rights of immigration belonging to the state. There's also the article of uh, on uh, uh, the naturalization. There's articles on my website about uh, the uh, Rubio issue. Uh, there's also lawsuits being filed in the state of Texas uh, against uh, Cruz. Most of these articles can be found by just going to www.cfabamerica.com. There are about five articles per page, and you have to click on continue to read the full article. And then at the bottom of the page, you go to next, and there's 22 nexts. So there's over 100 total articles, and you pick a subject, whether it's legalizing marijuana, immigration, common core, districting, um, ethics. Uh, You name the subject. I've written an article on it. It gives you references. I write most of my articles in dissertation format, so you can actually find out where I got my information from.
4: Okay, so, I don't have a pen on me. <laughs> so, but
1: just remember, uh, just remember, just remember my name, Charles Frederick Tolbert. You Google that, my website will come up, or you Google Citizens for a Better America or CFAB America. Can I,
6: ask, can I ask you a question, Miss uh, Doctor Colbert? Yes, sir. You mentioned uh, legalization uh-huh. of marijuana. Where are you on Where are you on that one?
1: I actually did about a one year study on the subject, and I went to Europe and talked to people in Europe. I went to mm-hmm. doctors and people in America. And it came down to, in conclusions, and the best way to do it with me is read my abstract and read my conclusions and forget the middle. Uh, The conclusion was that if you want to do liquid form only on a test period for two years, then that may be substantial. Most doctors take the position that anyone that goes on um, um, medical marijuana, will lose the will to live, and it will have a long-term effect on their memories. It also causes cancer greater than people have even tried to bring forth. Uh, There's a lot of downsides. I do give the upsides and the downsides, and what I did with the article, I said here's the pros and here's the cons, and then I went back into the research with the doctors, and the conclusions was the fact (laughs) that there has not been enough study to verify that we should do anything, but in the case of some stroke, some seizures, and some individuals who were dying and needed a painkiller, otherwise medical marijuana or using it in any other form should not be used at all. Wow. I'm against Morgan Morgan and Morgan saying because his brother uh, has a need for it that everybody in the state of Florida. It's actually being funded by Carlos. Of Mexico, who is the drug lord? He's behind uh, legalizing medi- medical marijuana. You have to follow the money, and you will find everything you're reading is untrue. Oh my gosh! So the cartel was paying people to
6: convince others that medical marijuana is a good thing. That's correct. And you don't oh ask. Oh my gosh! Him.
1: Exactly. And what I did, I, I wrote an article on the Veterans Administration. I actually went back through the system. For six months as a veteran myself to show why we need to close down V a, why we need to do an h m o pPO so anytime I write a letter or write anything, I have a doctor' degree in education, so I write articles on Common Core. The only thing education gives you is you know you learn how to do your research, so I don't write any article without complete research, that's including districting or any other subject. Wow.
3: Did I use my three minutes, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the guest. So we'll have to we'll see on that. But let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Sally.
7: Well, I'll tell you, you know, to me, the, the thing is uh, God gave, gave us a brain. We need to use them. Don't be listening to you, what the spin of everything they tell you on TV. There's so much information you know, uh, through the Internet and, of course, through a library. People can still go out there and find information. You know, you you got to at some point um, take control and take ownership for what's happened. The number one reason we're in the mess we're in today is because the American people sat on the sidelines going to the football games and playing instead of paying attention. Now, the reasons for that are, are many. And I can, I mean, when I went to school, I never heard them once say, you should go to a commission meeting. Go. They never took us to a commission meeting. They never told you how to be involved. They trained us to be the useful idiot's routine and, instead of training us to be part of the process and understand it. And they made it sound like, well, you're going to vote, and all you got to do is vote. Once you vote, they'll take care of everything else. That's the worst thing. I mean, voting is only one small part of it. you got to be engaged in the whole conversation. You can't just sit there and expect everybody else to take care of you it's the uh, the dumbing down of Americans has been highly successful and if we in with all that allowing all the um, anti-american cultures to come in here and simply take over and I, all you got to do one of the, the most disgusting things is nobody in their right mind who even has even the smallest clue of that constitution can think the current president and others but this current president is not guilty of treason and when you have two houses of congress who sit there and do absolutely nothing when this guy has aided the enemy to kill Americans. We're in bad shape. I mean, we are in such bad shape. You know, the um, I mentioned uh, George Washington's farewell address. I encourage people to read that, but definitely go back and read the, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. People refer to the Constitution all the time. They refer to bits and pieces of it. And it was um, Dr. Titus, Herb Titus was on my show uh, a couple times a while back, and we talked about the eligibility issue. And he said, well, before we talk about the Constitution, let's talk about the Declaration. And most people don't even think about that anymore. You need to go think about that common law, natural law. And when you go through all that process, the same-sex marriage thing cannot happen. It's not natural law. It's not common law. I mean, it's not natural. <laughs> That's all there is to it. And the uh, same is true for how you define natural born. It's it's nothing new. But people over time say, well, we're going to change the meaning of the word because we feel like changing it and we want things to be different, so we're just going to change it. And as long as the American people sit there and say, oh, sure, go ahead and do that, fine, then you, you get Are we you really get the we deserve.
3: So we we'll to bring you over to uh, to Gene. Go ahead, Gene. With your final comments for tonight?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, I found a pretty interesting comment about the Star Trek, that one man could do a, to make a difference. I, I found it uh, a very interesting uh, discussion about everything.
1: Yeah, and I think if you look at the Bible and you just take it to the standards of David, Moses, and other people in the Bible, you'll find that one person didn't change history. Why should that not still be the same today? Why can I or you not change uh, history? Uh, we see it happening all the time, whether you want to go to Gandhi or Martin Luther King or Kennedy or or Hitler or Stalin or whoever, whether communism— Alexander the Great— or
0: very cool.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we get back into what they were talking about naturally. It was, it was uh, the Dred Scott versus Stanford 60 U.S. 393 in 1857, which gives you the key words of what a natural-born uh, citizen should be, and it goes into the natural-born citizens are those born in the country of parents. So for anyone who wants to figure out how we come to that conclusion, it was determined already by the Supreme Court And everybody wants the Supreme Court To hear the case again Because they want to dumb you down When the decision was already made
3: And Kelly We'll have to go ahead And uh, let's get uh, your your last thoughts And then unfortunately I'll have to close things up tonight
6: I really like this guy And I hope he comes on again um, Obviously Steph, We have natural rights In our heart By our creator And this guy is in touch with The natural rights Scribe therein And he is now local He's fighting, he's helping Change minds and hearts I really like this guest I'm really glad he came here tonight Um, I just wish um, So many more Americans would would have These principles that he has in his heart Um, I'm, I'm I'm just happy you brought him, I guess. That's just, I guess I don't have much more to
1: add to it. Just, yeah. so, Robert, I mean, can I just can make stuff. a quick comment about my lieutenant governor, who is a Republican, and why I don't allow her to be on the show with me?
3: Well, we have to uh, we have to close things out, uh, you know, and I want to be able to do that. But we can perhaps do that on some other, uh, some other shows. And we do have, uh, you know, other folks on that I need to uh, – do before closing things out for the time runs out on us. I apologize for that, uh, Sergeant Torbert, but I do appreciate you you coming on, because if I don't get this out, uh, the show will summarily just, uh, unceremoniously, I should say, uh, kick me out. So I want to thank everyone for coming into the show tonight. Uh, Of course, our guests, and Sally, of course, you, Kelly, and Susan, of course, our callers tonight, uh, you called in Gene, Ed, uh, the others who were able to... uh, Come in tonight. to for those who uh, joined us in the chat as well. Uh, I've seen Ellie in there uh, amongst others. And so we'd like to uh, thank you for uh, coming in tonight. Uh, and so uh, just definitely come in next next uh, week. And as I said, go to the website at Com On the contact page I spoke of earlier, you can see the email uh, letter that I sent out to the folks on Uh, The email list for the show Uh, Just be well appreciated if you Shared it on to the email uh, For the people on your list And we'll go And uh, so of course I will end tonight As I do every night And of course that's before next week Where we will have J.R. Myers From the Constitution Party Who is running in their presidential primary And so as I said uh, We will end tonight as I do every night And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn and you can hear more of her music by going to com. So thanks again, folks. Have a good night, and we will see you next time. Take care. Mm-hmm.